Welcome to this week's The Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken here alongside my good friend and uh, co-host of this podcast, Travis Crins, who I'm so apologetic to after last week's techno- technological snafu. So I am monitoring this very, very closely. We cannot have the same mistake happen twice. That's right. You have a quick memory, you move on, Yeah, you fix your mistakes. That's about it. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, we have a jam-packed episode here for you. I mean, we potentially have uh, four different people coming on the show Holy this week. Holy Christ. Uh, this, could, this is the big college football preview sh- podcast of the year. So uh, Charlie's going to come on. We're, we're going to try and get uh, Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader to oh, talk boy. about the Jacks. We're going to try and get Jeff Lloyd II from the Lockdown Browns podcast to talk about some prospects if we can't get him we'll get him next week there it's a whole it's a whole big show here so we have a lot to get into uh first off though let's get to the weather because there is this huge hurricane that hit louisiana uh it's left uh much of southeast louisiana under uh flooded water and many people over a million people still without power likely without power for day or weeks you know i mean it's, it's bad hurricane ida is considered one of the most powerful storms ever to hit Louisiana, and it's making its way up the up the the southeast right now in the uh, Mississippi and Alabama right now. But certainly not good. It's threatening uh, week one between Green Bay and New Orleans. Oklahoma and Tulane have already moved, or uh, that game's going to be yeah. moved. Uh, and I saw that they're, they're expected, they're scheduled to play right now in Norman in 2024. So my thought is, why don't you just move it to Norman for Saturday and then just swap home dates? Like, doesn't, wouldn't that make logical sense? Yeah, Oklahoma? Yeah, yeah. Like, move the game to Norman and then the game that's scheduled in Norman for 2024, why don't you just move that to Tulane in New Orleans yeah. there in 2024? Easy. Uh, they're they're going to play this one in Oklahoma. And yeah, that'd be an easy swap, easy, easy substitution there. So that'd be easy to do. I don't know why anybody would live down there. I'm sure some people think that about us up here. Yep. But I don't know why anybody would live in Florida. Uh, with I mean, we talk about how terrible the humidity is all the time. Like, I have no desire to. I've been to Florida once. It was nice. I was in there in September, I think. It's a good time to go. <laughs> it was nice. Um, why would you? I don't know why you would live down there. Uh, and and it's, it's the south for one, the weather terrible for two, hurricanes not good. So, yeah. Well, it's, hopefully it's, it, things look seem bad, but, uh, you know, compared to what they have been or like what they were during Katrina, things certainly seem to be a little bit better here, at least in New Orleans. There are several communities, though, underwater power has gone out, like, you know, transformers or transmission lines completely catastrophic disaster destruction of them or damage catastrophic damage so there's a lot to, a lot that needs to be done but um yeah so uh thoughts with those people down there but yeah that's something i've always said though that i want to go experience a hurricane once just so i can feel mother nature at all her might and all her force and then i can just leave after you know, after it's it's safe to do so, I just, for me that would be such an exhilarating uh, adrenaline rush uh, to be down there and see that. Not that I want destruction for uh, those people or you know wherever the hurricane hits, but just to be able to see it, you know, experience it. Like 
I mean, yes, you could see a tornado every once in a while, and no one ever wants a tornado. I'm not saying that. I never want to see that. But it's still one of those things as, uh, like, if you if you like the weather and you just want to see, you know, Mother Nature and all these powerful storms, it's like if you, they wanted to come experience a blizzard at some point. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, you want to see all this snow and wind? Well, yeah, you can leave right after that. Or, I mean, oh, think about all these ice storms and stuff. We don't... Ice storms are far worse than a blizzard and stuff. But, um... Never want to see destruction, but if one's coming, I think it would be cool, at least from my perspective. It would be something I want to just experience once, just for the just for the sheer awe of what Mother Nature can do in all her fury. Twice growing up, we had to go to the basement, which was in my grandparents' house just across the farm. So twice it was bad enough to where it was like, yeah, we should probably head over. So... That's as close as I've been. There was maybe a tornado a mile or two away from me. That's as close as I've seen it. So, yeah, that's as bad as I've seen it. And we had, um, my parents got almost four inches of rain on Saturday. Holy cow. Lennox, I haven't heard if it was an actual tornado, but there was plenty of damage and trees down in Lennox on Saturday. And it's, it's, oh, I don't remember because it was so dry last year. I don't remember any huge storms coming through. It was very active last week, and we've got a severe thunderstorm warning right now. It doesn't appear to be anything serious, just a little bit of rain now. Is that kind of like the tornado warning a couple of weeks ago for Mitchell, and the storm just went uh, yeah. off to the north? And that, yeah, that was like 10 miles north, and that wasn't much. This was, yeah, this was much more widespread, lots of flooding, uh, Sioux Falls, south of Sioux Falls, Harrisburg, Lenox, southwest Minnesota, looks like they got hit pretty hard. So, um, yeah, a very active, active Saturday where Mitchell didn't get, we got a little shower at one o'clock for 15, 20 minutes. But, uh, yeah, look at the radar here from Mitchell all the way down to Yankton. You see spotty red dots mm-hmm. that uh, are coming through. They're not very big, not very widespread. But, yeah, Saturday was just one after another. It seemed like it just continued to develop and pop up and, and it wouldn't stop. It's, it's amazing. It really is. Uh, because we got over an inch of rain in St. Cloud on Saturday. It was the most rain we had on that specific date in history. But, you know, further, a little to the north, they had uh, some storms that contained hail. And there was a tornado warning in Benton County. Uh, there was uh, a you know, bunch of storms, a heavy rain that was to the south of us, kind of like by Hutchinson and, and down in that area, you know, in the cities. And it's just amazing how some areas got hit with so much more rain than what we got. And I can't, I can't complain because the yard is really green right now. Uh, you know, we're getting things kind of back to normal. We'll st- we're still, I think, somewhere between four to seven inches below normal mm-hmm. from where we should be for the summer. So th- make no mistake about it. We're still in a drought. But just over the last couple of weeks, the spotty showers and thunderstorms that we have gotten on a relatively consistent basis, that grass soaks it up and and takes off like crazy and it's great to see and hopefully we can get a little bit more it doesn't sound like there's much chance of of rain out there after thursday but we'll, we'll see what happens i guess but it's nice to get this rain that we so desperately need and you know after you get a couple of weeks of those storms like every other day it's like where has this been all summer long uh-huh. yeah my parents they've been fortunate they got rain right when they needed it and we've been a little drier over in Mitchell, but um, yeah, very wet in 2019. September 11th, 10th and 11th, or 11th and 12th, 
two years ago, we had the big flood here. We had nine inches in two days. Wow. And that's when Sioux Falls had the tornadoes in town. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, in two weeks, that's coming up. Wow. Uh, two, and then last year was so dry. This year started off dry, and we've got a little bit of rain here, depending on where you've been. And by the way, a belated happy anniversary to your folks. Um, yes, I, uh, August August twentieth of nineteen eighty three. I met your I've met your dad before. I've never met your mom, so I'll, I'll really? see you at the Because you you've stayed at their house, right? Yes, I have. Yep. Yeah. Uh, one time for the and Summit she, League tournament. And she was probably off to work by then. Yep. Yeah, I never met my mom. Nope. I well, you'll meet her at the wedding then. Yes, yes. Looking forward. What a deal. To what that. a deal. Yep. Uh, before we get to the college football. Let's uh, let's talk about some baseball here, and we'll we'll start with the little leagues, the little league world oh, series. Yes. Uh, we were talking last week. Uh, bef- you know, unfortunately, my uh, stupid recording program here didn't pick up on it. But we were talking about the dominance of Gavin Weir and uh, oh. how he got. I mean, he he had given up one hit and like through like oh. eight hundred pitches. I mean, it's just insane. Uh, like eighty six percent of the outs he had were strikeouts. That's insane. Like, how boring must it be to be a right fielder uh, with him? But, I mean, South Dakota was doing great. They had made it to the championship game. And then, because Weir had pitched the the game before, he couldn't pitch in the in the semifinals. South Dakota lost to uh, Ohio, I believe, right? Or was it Michigan? Yeah, they lost to Ohio, Ohio. in the semifinals. Yep. And then they lose to Hawaii in the championship game. I feel as though that they got screwed a little bit. The rules are the rules regarding Gavin oh. Weir, and that and that's fine. Like plenty, this is not the first time that this has happened where there's been a dominant pitcher, and you know what, every team has to go through it, and that's fine. But I feel like if you are undefeated, that you play in that game, it's all of a sudden like, oh wait, we don't have a chance. Like if it's a double elimination tournament, shouldn't South Dakota have gotten one more chance to make it there? I guess. That's where I, where I think now this yeah. is just this. This is the the way the rules are, well, the way the tournament is, and life's not always fair. Uh, South Dakota still gave a great showing throughout the entire tournament, and to make it to the semifinals is a huge accomplishment. But I was just a little disappointed by the fact that they didn't get a chance to have another chance to potentially make it to the championship game because they lost that one game in the semis. Yeah, they were three and zero, and then they ended up losing two in a row. But yeah, it was weird that once you got to the semifinals, it was single elimination, no matter if you had won or lost. Which I don't, I don't understand. Like, why wouldn't it have been? If you lose, yeah, you still got a chance because you have to get because you have to lose twice. I didn't understand that. Yeah. And I don't think, and I don't know if maybe if the rules were changed again just because this year it was all U.S. Uh-huh. teams versus you know. Every other year, outside of yep. a pandemic, it's you have an international bracket and a U.S. bracket where there are eight teams in the U.S. bracket and eight teams in the international bracket. So that makes more sense as you kind of weave your way into that. You you get like pool play and whatnot, but it just for the the dominance that Gavin Weir and South Dakota had for it just kind of the air really went out of the balloon and the air left the sails in a hurry with uh with that it, it it stunk to see because gavin weir was the story and i hope that the minnesota twins draft him in next year's draft <laughs> sure sure yeah man, it sucks for him that he couldn't pitch again and they had the pitch limits and and they, they just couldn't score and he only even four or five runs in the next couple of games so 
Mm-hmm. Like if he could have pitched, they would have won the whole thing because nobody could uh, could get a hit off him there for the last month. It seemed like so mm-hmm. disappointing. But yeah, they finished fourth. So yeah, that's as good as the Sioux Falls team. The Sioux Falls didn't even have a little league like ten years ago. Like we weren't even in this thing. That's insane. And then, How? And then they decided, hey, let's let's have like a little league, an official little league team, and then compete in this thing, and you know, win the regional tournaments, and then because they were this is the second team to go, I think to the World Series. So they had one a few years ago. Like, oh yeah, do that maybe since Sioux Falls is a pretty big town. I remember Rapid City sending a team out you know, so, yeah. a number of years ago. That's insane to me that. Sioux Falls wouldn't have picked up on this for, for over ten years. But I guess you know, to, to, to each their own. I guess. But uh, yeah. all right. Well, uh, congratulations. Uh, who won? I think Michigan won. So uh, uh, yes. Was it was it Michigan? I'm pretty sure it was Michigan. They beat uh, Ohio there. So congrats to the the Little League World Series is done. The U, the U.S. Open is beginning now on te- for tennis. So ESPN just switches from Little League World Series to tennis. So a uh, uh, lot of names out. In there, like Serena's not playing, Roger Federer's out with injuries, so... Uh, Nadal is out. Yep, uh, so it, it's nice. I mean, I think fans will be, you know, packed into the to the stadiums as much as they can uh, with COVID and whatnot since they couldn't make it last year, but uh, certainly the star attraction has lost a little bit of, uh, of its appeal. Um, I, think, I think all the three men are tied for... What, what, 21, 2021? 20 majors. I think all three of them have 20, don't they? Uh, I think so, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this is Djokovic is to win. He's the youngest, he's the healthiest. Nadal appears to be finished. Uh, or, uh, Federer, Federer seems to be finished. Yes. Nadal yeah. can maybe win the French Open. That's about all he's got left for him. Well, Djokovic, he's, I mean, he had a chance to win all of them and an Olympic medal. So, he didn't win the Olympic medal, he didn't win gold, and he can still win uh, the U.S. Open here, but yeah, he had a chance to, the, the golden slam, win all, all four of them in one year plus an Olympic medal. So, yeah, it, I mean, this is Djokovic's uh, to, you know, cement his legacy as, as the best ever and uh, to have the most... Uh, most uh, career grand slams. He's got nine of his 20 were in the Australian Open, the least important, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Federer's won one French. He's won eight Wimbledons, and Nadal, of course, has won 13 French Opens right. out of the 20. So, I don't know, like, Nadal's got the one thing he's really good at. Yep. Uh, Federer dominates on the grass, and Djokovic, if he can win the U.S. Open, be his fourth time, so... I don't know. Between the three, you know. I would lean towards Djokovic probably being the best, slightly over Federer, but that's a real. I mean, you can't go wrong with either one. I think Nadal's in third oh. just because of the special, where the majority of his majors have won. He, I mean, he's been such a dominant force on yeah. the play. Nobody's as dominant as Nadal at the French Open, but I would go probably Federer over Djokovic. Federer, I mean, you look at the U.S. Open and Wimbledon, those appear to be the, the big two. Um, Federer's got 13 Djokovic has got 9 Nadal's got 6 when it comes to that so Wimbledon's the big one mm-hmm. Federer's got 8 so like Pete Sampras he's got 14 he was the guy but uh, it's um, yeah those top 3 I mean they're, they're almost 40 years old now for Christ's sake so. 
American and, and Serena, Serena Williams, she's probably done as well. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's it, yep. the uh, tore her hamstring and things are just catching up there. She's probably gonna fall short of twenty four Grand Slams. So mm-hmm. you know, it is. I, I remember when Agassi and Sampras I think they win the finals, and they were like both thirty years old. And I was like, oh, look how old these guys are. Oh, fuck, these guys are now like 36. But, I mean, you could look at that from like a from a, like a basketball or football standpoint, too. You look at the guys in the 70s, and they look yeah. so tiny compared to what players are at right uh-huh. now. I mean, or even, yeah, think back even to like the early 90s and stuff compared to like what LeBron James looks like now. I mean, it's just... It's the maturation of the of the athlete and just you know the build of the body. It's it's just very weird. And American tennis is just flat out embarrassing right now, on at least on the men's side. Uh, on the men's side, the women have some good players. So the men do not. So uh, we remember the days of Andre Agassi and Pete Sampras, and uh, they don't appear to be coming back anytime soon. Uh, I couldn't even tell you what. Uh... Like, who was the top men? John who? Isner is, like, the only guy I know right now. Yeah, I don't even know who, who would be considered the top guys. Yeah, tennis tennis in America, not, not good. Yeah, no, it is not. No, it is not. Well, we're, let's switch over to the uh, to the major leagues. Um, I mean, the Yankees finally lost a couple of games here, so their 13-game winning streak is done. Uh, the Rays have a comfortable six-game lead, but I don't think it's I think it's safe to say that the Yankees certainly can make a push here in September, and we'll see what happens. Uh, our Padres are just falling flat on their faces. Again, we mentioned last week uh, that Rothschild, their pitching coach, that they fired him, and that appears to not have done a damn thing for him. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10, and a game and a half behind the Cincinnati Reds, who have just been killing it. They've been crushing it here uh, lately. Yes, they've lost two in a row, but, I mean, for them to be at this stage, at this point here, uh, do you give more credit to the Reds or more blame to the Padres for their epic collapse? The Padres, even though as bad as they've been, they're still only a game and a half out. So it tells you how how far ahead they were since they've lost so many games here. So yeah, that's disappointing for them. So, mm-hmm. but they're not a even if they get in, they're not a serious contender for anything unless they turn something around because. They're going to have to end up playing the Dodgers or the Giants in that wild card game, and that I don't think that's going their way. So, hey, I mean, you have, you've had some odd teams. You had the Braves go on a run. You've had uh, the Giants all year go on a run, and um, the uh, the Yankees they're trying to cool off a little bit. Tampa's won seven in a row, so I still like Tampa Bay. I think they've been they've been the best team there for a long time. So everybody. They had a streak here a couple days ago end where they had nine straight saves by nine different pitchers. Wow. And then finally they had a save in a game where it was one of those nine previous pitchers. So I like what they do with the pitching. It's just go out there, throw some innings. It doesn't have to be a starter. You don't have to have a closer. Just go out. We need 27 outs. You go a couple innings. You go against... I like it. It's working. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody still cares about them. Nobody goes to their games. Uh, move them out of there. No teams in Miami. Well, you, you know, no teams in Florida. They should move them out. Oakland, move them out as well. Oakland's been good for a long time, and they still don't get anybody in the crowd. So, mm-hmm. 
they can move those three teams whenever, and, and it wouldn't matter to those markets because they don't they don't care. They just don't go to the games. So. Well, part part of Miami's issue is that they routinely field shitty teams, and that's because management is super cheap. I think Miami would go. I think you would get more fans to go well, to the games, but I'm not saying like they wouldn't. They would go out and sell out every game, but I mean, part of it is the product on the field, for the most part. Like we've seen, Oakland's been good for a long oh, time. Yes, Nobody yes, shows Oakland's up. Back. Tampa yep. made the World Series last yes, year. Absolutely. Uh, you know, they're going to win 100 games. Nobody shows up. Miami, even if Miami was good, nobody would go to those games. So it's, so? it's just disappointing that when they these teams are good. Uh, and Miami has a new stadium, so it's not the stadium. Oakland and right. Tampa can complain about their stadiums. Yeah. And I was just going to ask that. If you Tampa, I wouldn't build a new one because it's going to just be like the Marlins. You're going to have a brand new stadium and nobody in it. Yep. Move them to Vegas, move them to Charlotte, move them to Nashville, move them somewhere else uh, to where somebody will care. Speaking of parks, uh, Peter Kane is Monday morning quarterback. Oh, yes. Praised target field is one of, like, as the best. I mean, that's that's cool to see, you know. I mean, it's still getting the recognition, even though it's almost, what, 10 years old now? And it's yeah. still getting the praise as one of the best, if not the best, ballpark out there. It's a nice stadium, yeah. It's, it's nice. It is. It's very nice. Uh, the Braves, they are. They had a little bit of a tough week against the Yankees and the Giants. They ended up taking two of three from the from the Giants. They lost both games to the Braves. We t- I think and we talked about last week. Again, this didn't get recorded, but uh, about the freeze and the, the race uh, that he had with the yeah. one guy who fell flat on his face five feet before the finish line. He would have beat the freeze. Um, but the Braves didn't fall flat on their face. But I'm wondering, because everyone has their eyes on the Philadelphia Phillies. And as, oh, because they have the easiest record remaining and whatnot. But the Braves have a four-and-a-half game lead on them. Can they hold on to that lead through the end of September here and win this division? Or do you think Philly's going to catch them? I would think it's the Braves. The Mets are completely finished. Yes. It's a complete nosedive by the Mets. Yeah, they got game. They got four games against Colorado. They got seven games against the Rockies. Uh, they've got three against. We're talking the, the Braves or the Phillies. The, the Braves. Okay. Well, uh, they've got four at Arizona. They finished the year against the uh, Phillies and Mets. They're at uh, San Diego. So they got a big uh, ten-game West Coast trip in the middle of next month: San Francisco, Arizona, San Diego. So I, I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, the Phillies went on a big run, and all of a sudden they lost like six of eight, seven of nine. So, yeah, by far the worst division. And it could have been the Mets, could have been the Phillies, could have been Atlanta. It looks like it's going to be the Braves, despite their injuries. And um, yeah, I think I think Atlanta, yeah, four and a half back, four and a half up. I think they're fine. I hope so. I, I would much rather see the Braves in than the Phillies, though they're again Atlanta a. <laughs> team that probably didn't need or deserve a new ballpark because not many fans in Atlanta like to go to the games. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, Anything else baseball related that we need to get into uh, right now? The Brewers lead the NL Central by eight and a half games. The Giants still lead the Dodgers by two and a half. Both those teams are getting in. Astros up on the A's by five and a half games. White Sox in firm control. Uh, anything else that we uh, should uh, be monitoring? 
No, Twins won today at Detroit. That was a makeup game. So the Twins played at home versus Milwaukee yesterday. They went to Detroit, played this afternoon, and then they got to come back home and play the Cubs for two uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then where do they go? And then they go to Tampa Bay. So the Twins from Sunday to Thursday will be in four different cities over five days. Crazy. So Crazy. Yeah, twins, twins, twins are playing good. So it's it's good that they're playing good. Yeah, for once. Too little, too late. Uh, but that's what it is. Um, do you? Last week, hitter of the week was Dansby Swanson from Atlanta. The pitcher of the week was Vladimir Gutierrez from Cincinnati. Do you have a pitcher and hitter of the week? We'll repeat those guys. Okay. So we won't. We'll just we'll just we'll just put those it. for this week. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Sounds also, good. I mean, the, the, the Twins, Bailey Ober, this 6'9 right-hander they got, he's a rookie. I mean, they've these random rookies have been pitching much better than these old guys. Uh, they've done this for a couple of years with this, you know, sign old guys to contract, and it really just hasn't worked out. So quit doing that. Quit signing guys who are past their prime, hoping that maybe you can, you know, a, a one-year stopgap. Quit doing that. Mm-hmm. Um it hasn't worked. Let the, let these let these guys figure something out. Tantamaida may need Tommy John, and if that's the case, then your entire rotation is going to be different next year. You're going to have five new starters. Yeah. Joe Ryan from Tampa. They got to have a starter sometime this week. It might be him. It might be somebody else. You don't think they're going to so, keep Maeda? Huh? You don't think they're going to keep Maeda? He might have Tommy John surgery, so he might be oh, done for next sure. year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he's still under contract for a while, but he might be done next year if he if he's going to have elbow surgery. Yeah. So we'll see what that is. Uh, Michael Pineda is a free agent. So, yeah, if that's the case. Brio's traded. Jay Happ, they traded away. Matt Shoemaker was terrible. So it may be five new guys next year. And there's a lot of pitchers out there. They're not going to sign any of these guys, but Max Scherzer's out there. There's a lot out there next year. I, they're, I, they're not going to sign any of those guys. But uh, the free agent class this winter for pitchers, a lot of old guys, but there's there's a lot of good starting pitchers out there. Very good. Uh, anything else baseball we need to get to before we get to the It is uh, playoff baseball fantasy season. Oh, yes. So in my one league, I'm, I'm the one seed. It's the league I really want to win. Uh, not the kind of league. Along. This is the league with Dust V? Yep, the uh, league just kind of trotting along and uh, put up a real good number last week, most points in the league last week. On the one seed, taking on the eight seed, uh, Josh Donaldson had a good uh, had a home run today, so it was a good start. And um, like my chances to beat the uh, to beat the uh, the eight seed here, he's ten and ten eleven. I'm seventeen and four, so I like I I got to win that one. And if you win yeah. this all, you you get the jersey of your choice, correct? Yes, I get a jersey of my choice. I think you're probably going to go with Ken Griffey Jr. Okay. Jersey. I won the basketball league a couple months ago. And I was not the best team, but I ended up eking that out. And then in my uh, guillotine league, I'm down to the final four. I'm... We have only a couple days left here. Thursday is the uh, cutoff, so we have four days to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in. I'm in first this week. The last place team. I'm 
at 60 points ahead of the team in fourth. So I feel good. 60-point cushion with four days to go. And if you get in the top three, if you get third, you get 40 bucks, which is what it costs to get in. So I'm at least assured to get my money back if I make it through this week. So hopefully we're top three next week with uh, with the baseball. Good luck with that. Um, our fantasy draft is the week from Tuesday. I got to update it to PPR. We will be doing PPR this oh, year. Oh, very exciting. So uh, that will be good. No no bonus points or anything like that. It'll be strictly PPR. I did have a draft. Oh, on- really? Right. Yep, yep. No so, no, so, so no bonus points for quarterbacks if they throw for 400 yards. Right, or- right. Receivers get 100 yards, they get a couple extra points. Right. Okay. They just get a point per reception, which makes them maybe slightly more valuable. I did have a fantasy draft this last Friday, and my name was the second drawn, so I got to pick anywhere from 1 to 14. And the first guy who picked took number one, so I took number two. I got who did Mal- he pick? He who took he Christian pick? McCaffrey. So and, you, and you picked Alvin Kamara? I, no, I did not. I took okay. Dalvin Cook. So you Dalvin Cook. Yep. Uh, so hopefully Dalvin stays healthy this year. I did keep Kyler Murray for a fourth round pick, so which is nice because you do the snake thing, and it it wound it up being I got Kyler Murray with the forty seventh pick, which is which is good. I got James Robinson from Jacksonville uh, uh-huh. as another running back. So you start one running back in this league, and then you have two wide receivers and a flex as well as a tight end. So I'm going to use James, I think, primarily in my flex. Um, my wide receivers aren't great. I took Amari Cooper over uh, Mike Evans in the third round. Uh, it, was, it was tough. I had Mike Evans last year. Uh, he was kind of feast or famine. Uh, I, I think Amari Cooper, if healthy, if Dak stays healthy, can be a viable um, number one wide receiver. I did go back to the well and drafted Tyler Boyd and Curtis Samuel. My tight end is TJ Hawkinson. So that's, uh, I think, good because the Lions are going to need someone to throw to. He's pretty much the only reliable um, player that they have that Jared Goff's going to have. So that's good there. I have the Steelers' defense. Uh, who the hell's my kicker? Um, is a, uh, Brandon McManus from Denver. I drafted Nicole Hardman as well. And the pick that I wanted the most, I got. And that's mm. Justin Fields in the ninth round. Wow. I took is it, and this is a thing where you can keep keep some people. You can keep one person, one player from you, the previous year's team for a pick higher than what you drafted him the previous year. So I drafted Fields in the ninth round. So the goal, the intent, is to keep Fields next year for an eighth, which I think if if he's as good as we think he's going to be, I think is going to be a pretty good steal. Yeah, that I'm looking. And our draft, you know, I usually go quarterback first, but yeah, it's going to have to be running back receivers this year. Um, I got lucky with with Big Wyoming last year. He didn't get me the playoffs, but he was my guy. Yeah, and you're still going to want to take a. You're still going to want to get a good quarterback, but yeah, it's, mm-hmm. you're definitely going to want to do more of like get the running backs, the wide receivers, uh, the, mm-hmm. the good ones there. But it's also about yeah. You, do you reach or do you – it, it, it can be a little – there's definitely more strategy involved in PPR, and especially now with no bonus points, uh, that changes the dynamic a lot. Yeah. So. And quarterbacks, yeah, we'll, we'll see what other quarterbacks uh, settle, settle out. So. Yes, indeed. So 
Looking forward to that next week. But let's get into it here. College football season preview. And last week, you and I were talking about the Clemson-Georgia game. And that's where we're going to kind of start things off with the ACC. Clemson and Georgia play this week. It is the marquee matchup of the week. Uh, no offense to Alabama and Miami and uh, whoever the hell UConn's playing, if they're playing anyone. Uh, but... It, uh, South Dakota, Kansas. How could I possibly forget South Dakota, Kansas being the marquee game of the week? Um, but you and I were talking, and we, you know, about this Clemson Georgia game, and you think it's bigger for Clemson, I, or you think it's bigger for Georgia, uh, just because of the yep. difficult slate that they have in the SEC. I think it's more difficult, or that it's more important for Clemson to win just because of their easy schedule going forward that they, wouldn't have another opportunity for a marquee win, uh, you know, if they got tripped up somewhere down the line. So this game against Georgia is critical. I'm still, it's listen, it's still important for both teams, but uh, you're still in the mindset that it's more important for Georgia to win this game. If Georgia loses this game, their season's gone. Really? Okay. They're not. They're not making the playoff. They're just not. Because you don't see them running the table. No. If they could win all their games, I think then they'd lose in the SEC title game to an Alabama or somebody. But if they lose this game, they're done. Well. I think. Yeah. Because they're not getting in with two losses, and this would be loss one. Mm-hmm. If Clemson loses, I can see them winning the rest and still getting in. So that's why I go yep. uh, with this being a must-win for Georgia. With that being said, I like uh, Clemson, I guess, to win this game. Okay. I I'm going on the I smart money I think is on Clemson just because they have routinely shown how good they are. And DJ or is it DJ OJ? No, DJ Uwagalele is the quarterback for Clemson. And I'm going to love saying that name all season long. And I feel that Clemson is in a perfect position here. You know, with a lot of people doubting them. No Trevor Lawrence. They don't have Travis Etienne, so you're placing some players. Uh, but we saw Uwagalele. Last year against Notre Dame, he played very well. Clemson lost that game, uh, a hard-fought game, to Notre Dame. But I think Clemson is fine. But this Georgia team, to me, just feels like they have a more complete team, a better team. Uh, if this were played in Atlanta, I would definitely take Georgia. With the game being in Charlotte, yes, it's it's close for both uh, campuses and both fan bases. So it's not like it's a huge home field advantage for Clemson. But I am going to take... Georgia, I think, but it, it, it it's tough. This is I'm going out on a limb by picking Georgia. I think more so than uh, than Clemson, even though it's a three versus five. What, do you know the point spread? Uh, let me get that. What do you think it is? I'm going to say it's a, I'm going to say it's three and a half for Clemson. Clemson minus three. All right. Yep. Let's see. Uh, Duke's Mayo Classic. Get your mail out, and this this is the best on paper thus far, the best regular season game that there is so far. Looking at uh, looking at the the season number three versus number five. This is the game of the year, week one. So, have you ever heard of Duke's Mail before? I've never seen this in stores. No, I want to say they've been a sponsor of other stuff, but I have not. Must be a southern thing. I've not. Uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of commercials during the game. Duke's mayonnaise putting their money 
where their mouth is. I mean, so. if this is, uh, I mean, the, the Duke University needs to have them as a sponsor for sure. Yeah, um, Duke's Mayo. I mean, classic. This, what, a, what a classic it shall be. Yeah, yep. Um, it's it's huge. It's the big game, and as we kind of look to, there towards Clemson and the ACC, again, like the, in Clemson's division, they just have no one. There's no one that's worth a damn that's even going to come close to them. The, the big intrigue is in the Coastal where you have Sam Howell in North Carolina, Derek King in Miami. Uh, I'm, I'll throw in Virginia Tech just to throw them a bone, but I don't think they're going to do much of anything. I think it comes down to in the Coastal to UNC and Miami. Uh, uh-huh. UNC beating Miami in Chapel Hill, I think that's going to be the determining factor in as to who gets into the ACC championship game against Clemson. But, I mean, otherwise, there's just not a whole lot of intrigue here in this conference this year. So North Carolina State is the second-best team in the Atlantic. Yes, yep. And, uh, yeah, I also like North Carolina to beat Miami and for that to be the difference. Um, here's a stat for you. How many times since 1997 has North Carolina won more than eight games? Oh, they had to have done it with Frank. Um, so I will say two times. Once. Damn it. I mean, it is. I mean, they are, they are usually not good. You know, looking for them to win nine, ten games, that's what uh, what people expect this year. And their uh, conference not difficult. No. And uh, they won 11 games in 97, went to the Gator Bowl with Mac Brown as coach. Yep. And then the only year since, they were 11-3 and three in 2015. And, yeah, so they went to, they were 11-2 and two in the regular season. So a lot of sevens, a lot of eights, a lot of seven, eight win years, a lot of years worse than that. So. And I think it goes with, I think Larry Fedora was the coach for UNC yes. back there in 2015. Why do I remember that? Fedora, it's, 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 a, it's a hack that makes yeah. it. It's just a easier name to remember. Uh, but nobody, I think, has done a better job at ascending a foot, football team in college football. Not saying that they are the best team, but for the way that he's been able to recruit and just make this team into the viable contender that they are. Matt Brown has done more to UNC in the short time than any other program has done in the, in college football. Two years before he got there, they were 5-18. and 18. In their previous two years. Previously, they, yep. they were 2-9 and nine and 3-9. and nine. Yep. That's and he goes good. in there, goes 7-6, and six, goes 8-4, and four, and somehow made the Orange Bowl last year. So, what a deal. Mm-hmm. What a deal. Mac Brown, who is what? He's got to be seventy-eight. Wow, seventies? He's got to be seventy. Hey, oh yeah, he's got to be seventy. Yeah. Mac, well, I figured he'd be done coaching. I don't know why he's coaching. Does a good job. Apparently, he's seventy years old. Yeah. He, oh wow, he looks old for seventy. Some people yeah. look really young for seventy. He looks old. He looks old for seventy. So I have Clemson versus UNC in the in the ACC championship game. Is that who you have? Yes, I do. Okay. And uh, we'll we'll wait until uh, the end here, and we'll we'll go through each of the the games at that at that point here. Uh, big, let's go Big Twelve, uh, the conference of uh, that's dissolving right in front of our very eyes. Uh, Spencer Rattler, quarterback for Oklahoma, on the short list of Heisman Trophy candidates, and to me, like Oklahoma, this 
could be the best Oklahoma team we've seen in quite some time. I know uh, our, our friend David Schottenkirk is, uh, has oh. Oklahoma winning it all. That's how high he thinks Oklahoma is, and maybe they have a good defense this year. You never should go against Lincoln Riley. So I think it's kind of like in the ACC where it's Clemson and everyone else. So the Big 12, it's Oklahoma and everyone else. Much of the intrigue is going to be with who finishes in second. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, new head coach at Texas. Uh, he comes over from Alabama. Where, what can he do to success for the burnt orange and, and hopefully that, that rabid fan base with the unrealistic expectations? Uh, Iowa State, Matt Campbell ranked in the top ten. We don't see this from them. So this is kind of new uncharted territory for them. But Iowa State, very good. They return a, a quarterback. They return their running back. Uh, so, you know, Brock Purdy is the quarterback. And uh, is, it, is it Lee? Is that the – why can't I ever remember the running back's name? Anywho, he's good. Um, and then I kind of like Kansas State a little bit more. This Brees year. Hall. Brees, Brees Hall. Hall, thank you. I don't know why I keep thinking Lee. Maybe it's the Brees – I just think Lee. Whatever. I mean, again, wouldn't be a show if I didn't screw up a name. Uh, but I think, I mean, Iowa State should be poised to uh, be really good this year. I don't know if they're top 10 worthy necessarily, but the schedule pans out really well. And then I, I, I might be a little higher on this team than a lot of others. People might be, but I think Chris Kleiman can do something with Kansas State this year. He's, uh, this is year three, came from North Dakota State. He's establishing that program. I think he can do some things this year for Kansas State, maybe make them a, a contender in there. They're still a year or two away, I think, from really getting in it, but they're one of my surprise teams that probably wins a couple more games than what they're slated to do. Uh, it's Oklahoma and Iowa State, two-horse race, and uh, Oklahoma schedule. It's a dog shit of a schedule. The last two games are the toughest. Um yeah, last two games, Iowa State at home and then at Oklahoma State to wrap it up. They always beat Oklahoma State, and if they can beat Iowa State at home, which they probably should, yeah, they, they should be undefeated. So, yeah, not, not a very tough schedule. Offense should be good again. And uh, probably going to have to beat Iowa State two times over the course of three, four weeks. So, yeah, Texas, no. I mean, it, it's Iowa State and Oklahoma. Um. Is Oklahoma's toughest non-conference game going to be Tulane? I say that like I say that jokingly, but Nebraska did just lose yeah. to Illinois, uh, and uh, I don't want to really make Charlie feel bad, but uh, he can't be in good spirits right now. New, new guy at work is a big Nebraska fan, and we talked today about it, and you know he wasn't happy, and nor should he be. He's looking at the schedule and he kind of looks at the Michigan game as the difference between, between going five and seven. If they lose to Michigan, if they can beat Michigan, they think six and six. I think six and six is awfully, awfully. Uh, uh, that, that's not, that ain't going to happen. Yeah. They're not going six and six. They're probably going to win four games, four or five games. They're not going to a bowl game. They're going to have to fire their coaches. This did not work out. They had to hire Scott Frost. It didn't work, and they're not good, and they haven't been good for a while. I picked so, them to go five and seven to begin the year, but that, I had them being Illinois. So you had them, so it's four, and yeah, if they can, you know, win a game somewhere that you don't expect. But yeah, I don't. I see four wins, four or five wins. I think six is where real ambitious. Yeah, and I don't see six wins out there. How much do you like Oklahoma? 
this year? Like, is this a is this a team like we always kind of joke like, oh, Oklahoma's going uh, to the champ or to the playoffs so they can get yeah. if they make it, you know, because the Big Twelve and Pac twelve are the conferences that are often left out of the playoff. But we kind of joke that Oklahoma's that team that just is uh, you know sent as a sacrificial lamb to get slaughtered because uh, they're, they're just not a real contender. I feel the same. Their offense is great. The quarterback is good. Again, I don't see him winning a national title. I don't see him beating. When's the last time Oklahoma beat anybody? When's the last time Oklahoma beat somebody like, God damn, you know, they they beat Alabama. They beat Ohio State. They beat Clemson. Like, they beat, they beat somebody. It's like, you know, they roll through their schedule. They maybe lose a game here or there. They always win the conference. They always make the playoff. And they always get their their heads beat in when they get to the playoffs. When, when they uh, had ba- when Baker Mayfield was a starting quarterback, I believe they went up to Columbus and won. Uh, so they did. Yeah. That would be the last time I would say like, "Wow, that, that Oklahoma with a big win there." And I forget how good Ohio State was that year. I'm going to assume they were not. I mean, you look at uh, you look at Oklahoma. This is a hell of a deal here. Oklahoma for six years in a row. They've had exactly two losses for the last six years. Wow. And uh, for those six years, it's been the bowl game that has tripped them up. So I don't, you know, I don't, yeah, I remember them winning a big game. For, when was that? Uh, that was a while ago. But yeah, other than that, because there's nobody in their conference. They're the favorite. They Every, every game they play, they are favored to win, so it is. Yeah, I mean they they have not. What they've won one national that was what in two thousand one, right? Have they won one since then? Uh, there was in the mix. They made it against Florida when yep. we were in college. Yep, but they lost to Tim Tebow, right? It seemed like they and they, and they all yeah. They, it seemed like they always lose the game that they shouldn't. Well, so, I remember they lost to Boise State in the hook and ladder. Yeah, the, the, the Wait, and that wasn't even one of their better teams. It's yeah, they, I mean they got their doors blown off versus LSU a couple of years ago, which yeah. you know everybody did. So uh, they, they they got beat up pretty good versus uh, Alabama, twenty eighteen uh, Orange Bowl. You know, it's just they all, they always lose a game they shouldn't, and once they get to the playoff, they really don't. I mean, they won't they ever want a playoff game, so. That's why I expect them to, to be there. They'll be mm-hmm. right there. If they get one loss, they'll be in. And uh, they'll be a four seed and they'll lose to some SEC team. <laughs> More than likely, yes. Uh, but I have Oklahoma against Iowa State in the Big 12. Is that uh, your prediction as yes. well? Okay. So we are two for two right now with our predictions here. Let's go to the Big 10. And... I think this is where we're going to maybe change a little bit here, but we'll see. Um, I The Big Ten, to me, has they have a lot of good teams. A lot of good teams in here. Iowa's good. Indiana's, you know, kind of come out of nowhere all of a sudden. I mean, Michael Penix Jr., we'll see what uh, what he can do at quarterback for Indiana. You know, can now that Indiana is on people's radars, I don't know if they... I, they're going to have people's attention. They can't fly under the radar like they have in in last year, shall we say, when they beat Penn State, and that was kind of the eye opener. Like, oh, hey, Indiana, 
All right, you're here. Uh, Penn State's going to be good. Ohio State is uh, probably got the best uh, collection of talent. They're ranked number fourth in the country. But they have a new quarterback coming in, and that's where it could get a little dicey for them at some point. Uh, college game day last Saturday, already uh, Reese Davis and um, and Charles, uh, you know, Desmond, Charles Howard. Oh, my gosh, Desmond Howard. Well, both kind of like the Ducks to go into Columbus and beat Ohio State here in a couple weeks. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but uh, I think Ohio State's the best team in the Big Ten. Uh, but Wisconsin's right behind them too. If you're going to look for maybe that that team that a, a new some new blood into the college football playoff, Wisconsin might be that team this year just because their schedule outside of a neutral site game against Notre Dame. It's pretty easy. It is. The more I read about Wisconsin, the less I like them. I don't like the quarterback, Zach Mertz. Like, like, why why are all Wisconsin quarterbacks the same? He's better than a lot of other quarterbacks, though. He showed some signs last year as a freshman. I feel like he had a really good start to last year, and then he kind of faded, and I think he got hurt. Yeah. I feel like they're all random white guys. Why is it always a white guy at Wisconsin? Because it's Wisconsin. And when they find a black guy, it's the whitest black guy you've ever seen in Russell Wilson. So, it's, it's a grand wow. Month. wow. Okay. Okay, yeah. I mean, he, he had Graham Mertz, nine touchdowns, five interceptions. 1,200 yards. So blow me away. He had, lines he had really had good. Only games are really good. He, had, like, he was a highly recruited quarterback, though. Like this is, he had nine touchdowns and five interceptions last year. Better do better, better than that here this year. Um, Notre Dame, I don't know if they're beating Notre Dame. Uh, Penn State, that's, I mean, that's probably the second best game uh, here week one. Them and uh, Penn State, probably a battle of the, of the second best teams in that conference. If anybody's going to give Ohio State a run, it should be Penn State. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they got, they got Notre Dame here in a couple weeks, and after that, Iowa, I think it's you know Wisconsin and Iowa yep. on the bottom half, and Indiana, Iowa. Show me something, Indiana. Beat Iowa week one. Show me something, Indiana. Show me, uh, show me that you're real. Show me that you're not just a seven and five, seven and six team. Show me you're a contender by beating Iowa week one. I think if you're looking for a game for Ohio State to lose this year, it's going to be when they go to Bloomington. I think Indiana is that team that can upset. Then that's going to be a big atmosphere, uh, and Indiana is going to be excited about Ohio State, not just for the, the the standpoint that oh, it's Ohio State coming to town, but they actually feel like they can beat them. Ohio State does get Penn State at home, and Wisconsin gets Penn State at home. They get Iowa at home. Their toughest game outside of like on the road may be at Minnesota, and we don't know really what to expect from Minnesota. Minnesota has great offense and defensive line. Mo Ibrahim is a fantastic running back, and Tanner Morgan's more than a solid quarterback, but it is Minnesota, so you just expect the Minnesota to, to fail at some point down the stretch and lose some games that they probably shouldn't. Uh, we, we row the boat with P.J. Fleck, but I, I don't see Minnesota winning more than eight games this year. Big win eight games, that'd be a good season for them. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would sign that immediately. If you gotta play Ohio State, may as well play them at home yes. on a Thursday night, week one. So yep. as they try to get the Kinks out. So yeah, Minnesota. Hopefully their quarterback does better than he did last year. So 
yeah, week one for them. A big game on Thursday. I think Rutgers will be a little better this year under Greg Schiano. Uh, he seems I mean, they're at least going to be more competitive. I think Tua Tagovailoa's brother is playing at Maryland, so Maryland could yeah. be kind of sneaky good this year. Maybe not. Um, I actually only have them winning three games, so sneaky good, no. More than likely not. But, I mean, you have Tua's brother there, so it gives you a fighting chance. Uh, but outside of, you know, the Iowa-Wisconsin, we, and we talked about Nebraska already, uh, just how it doesn't, you know, if you're losing to Illinois week week zero, that does not bode well for your season. No. Uh, and I feel like Alex Martinez has been there for like seven years. Uh, this guy, he's just around forever and ever. Um, but uh, I, I, at the end of the day, <laughs> no pun intended, but I'm going to ride with Ryan Day and the Buckeyes because I didn't expect Ohio State to be this good. This good continued success, like they have been in recruiting and on the field under Ryan Day when Urban Meyer left, and they're the. I'm going with the safe bet. I'm going with Ohio State. Going with Ohio State and Wisconsin in the bottom half in the West because Iowa's schedule is just too tough. It's at Wisconsin, mm-hmm. so that's the big tiebreaker. They got Penn State. They got to go to Iowa State Week Two. That should be a good one, especially if Iowa can beat Indiana Week One. Then that sets up. Uh, you know, Iowa, Iowa State, you know, both teams might be in the top 15, which doesn't usually happen. Mm-hmm. So you have Ohio usually. State against Wisconsin? Yeah. Okay. As as do I. All right. We we keep rolling here. Uh, we keep picking the same. I don't know if, that, if that's a good thing or a bad thing for, for I, Iowa. I, I would say this. I'll say this about Minnesota. Their schedule not tough. Nope. They got to go to Colorado, win that game, get a road win. But after that, I mean, you should be picking up some wins. It's always those final three games. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Wisconsin at home. You're at Indiana, at Iowa. You got eight and four. It could be really good for them. Yep, I agree. I agree. And I, I have them beating Indiana. I have them losing at Northwestern. So, well, uh, losing at Iowa and Wisconsin and Ohio State. Yes. Yep. Yep. In addition to those three. Yep. Uh, Pac-12. The Pac-12. I think this is the. We can make jokes about the Pac-12, but this Pac-12 this year seems to have some pretty solid teams, especially in the South. I think that's going to be a very competitive division. The North, you got Oregon and Washington. Washington's returning, I guess, 20 starters. Good for them, but it, the Ducks win in recruiting. They are a better team on the field, and if if uh, if I have uh, Desmond Howard and Reese Davis calling their shot by saying, oh, Oregon's going to go into Columbus and beat Ohio State... That all the more solidifies that pick for me that Oregon is going to come out of the North in the North Division here in the Pac-12 and win that division. I like Oregon, and uh, I think they could be a fringe playoff team, potentially. So people like Oregon, people like Washington, and if there's a team in the South, it'd be USC. Uh, Arizona State and Utah. Are you going, like Arizona State? Yeah. Jaden Daniels is really good, but and I, I mean Herm Edwards can coach. You know he's got some recruiting issues here that uh, they're going to have to clean up. That the Sun Devils are likely going to get punished for in future years. And it's all Utah's always a tough place to go play, uh, but you know their style of football maybe isn't uh, keen on winning. I think Utah's going to be. A very good team and factor in here. I think it's between Arizona State, USC, and, and Utah all battling it out for 
uh, the top spot in the South. Like, USC should be favored in every game except at Notre Dame. Probably, yeah. Like, they got Utah at home. Yep, I think that's the way. They don't have to play Oregon or Washington, so. Fortunate. USC, I mean, USC, they got a, you know, they got a decent schedule. Yeah, if, if Oregon can beat Ohio State week two, which I don't, I don't see happening. I don't either. I don't, I, I don't see that. And if they're not winning that game, then they got to run the table. They're at Washington late in the year, so. I think the Pac-12 is going to be fit out again. I don't see any team. If somebody's got one loss, they'll have a chance, but I don't see anybody having one loss. I could see USC and Oregon having two losses, and maybe they both have one loss when they play each other, and they wonder if that one's going to be in the mix. But um, I don't know. You, I mean, USC schedule not tough, so I – we used to Notre Dame and then beat everybody else. See what happens. So you have them potentially then at eleven and one heading into that. Yeah, I mean, you, you what do you what do you got them as? Uh, I have got, them. Only only game I'm concerned about is Utah. They got Utah at home, and then they got a week off. Then they're at Notre Dame. I have them at ten and two, losing to Arizona State and Notre Dame. You like Arizona State? I don't. I don't like Arizona State. So they can somehow beat Arizona State. That's one loss, and they'll be they'll be right there. Oregon so. doesn't have that difficult of a schedule either. They I guess no. they do have to go to Washington and to Utah. But I have I think they can beat Washington. Uh, I think that's that's the game that fact that decides the the North Division. I think they lose at Utah. So I have Oregon going ten and two. But if they went and beat Utah, that's. <sighs> If they go beat Ohio State, that's far more surprising than any other outcome that they could go on. Like, if they go on the road yeah. and beat Washington, I expect that. If they go on the road and beat Utah, that would surprise me a bit. Uh, just considering that I think Utah's going to be pretty good. But it would be like, okay, I mean, Oregon's a very good team for the Pac-12. Going into Columbus would be a far more surprising feat uh, in beating the Buckeyes. I don't remember a team beating them, winning at Ohio State. Other than that Oklahoma game you mentioned years ago, Virginia Tech did it a few uh, a number of oh my years God. ago too. Uh, the thing about Oregon, their three toughest games are on the road. Yes. Yep. So are they, are they going to win all of those? Or are they going to win if they can win two out of the three? They'll have a chance. Agreed. Agreed. So, but yeah, I don't. I don't. I, don't, I like uh, Oregon USC final, and I think they're both going to have two losses when they play. Okay. Wow, we uh, again the same thing. Oregon versus USC in uh, the Pac-12 championship game. Are we going to go five for five here? We're going to the SEC next. This is the one chance we have to be different. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Um, there, are the, I again, I'm picking Georgia to beat Clemson, so that must mean I think Georgia's pretty good. This is possibly yeah. Georgia's best team. That they've had since even that, uh, that that the year they made it to the to the national championship game where they should have beat Alabama and inexplicably lost. But there's a lot of pressure on Kirby Smart. They get by Clemson week one. They win that game. Yes, the SEC slate is daunting. But for Georgia, 
it's not as daunting as other teams because they play in the East. The East is far easier than it is the West. The West is always difficult year in and year out. LSU surprised a couple years ago, but it's normally always Alabama. A&M could be a surprise. Auburn every once in a while does something. But I mean, the West is just a murderous it's murderer's row. It's a gauntlet to get through. The East, not so much. So when Georgia had their next toughest game after Clemson is a neutral site game against Florida. They play them every year in Jacksonville. Florida's going to be really good. And Florida's really the only other competition they have in the East. South Carolina sucks. Vanderbilt sucks. Tennessee, show me something, Tennessee. I don't think you can do it. Uh, Kentucky, eh, Kentucky should be good this year, but you know, they can't compete, I don't think, with Georgia and Florida. Missouri, yeah, right. I agree with you. What was that? I absolutely agree. Whoa, whoa. Try oh. your, voice, your voice changed a little bit. Melissa, how are you? Right what are we thinking? Good. Can you agree with all that? All right. Very good. Very good. Uh, hello, Melissa. Hello. Hello. She's there. She's there. All right. Very good. She was listening. So. All, all the pressure's on Georgia. Yes. They, I mean, they have to make the playoff here. It's not a, you know. Say, oh, yeah, we, we made the, uh, the the title game again. The NCC. No, they got to make the playoff. Right. At this point. Yep. Yep. I think they do. I think Georgia, I'm calling the shot right now. Georgia goes into that SEC championship game undefeated. I. It seems unlikely. And if it, that dream could, that prediction could fall flat on its face after week one. But if they beat Clemson, I say Georgia goes undefeated headed into Atlanta in December. As the old saying goes, Georgia needs to shit or get off the pot, Stacker. <laughs> do something. You almost won it all a few years ago. Yeah. Do something. You got this defense. People like their quarterback. We'll see what happens against Clemson. Because if they can beat Clemson, yeah, they're not losing. Because, yeah, they got Florida. They, they, they should beat Florida. Other than that, what what's their third toughest uh, game? At Auburn? At Auburn. Uh, Bo Nix. I think, I mean, Bo Nix is a good quarterback. But Auburn, and to me... Auburn's not, yeah, Auburn's and, probably not going to be great. No, yeah. Bo Nix, like I said, I like Bo Nix at quarterback, but Auburn as a, as a whole, not wonderful. And then at Rocky Top, at Tennessee, sorry, I don't. I just don't see Georgia losing that game. So, um, yeah. Georgia doesn't have to play Alabama. They don't have to play LSU. Nope. And they don't have to play... Uh, well, they don't have to play A&M. Right. So they don't need. They don't have to play the three best teams on the other side. And yeah, um, if they win Week One, that'll be impressive. And yeah, this is the East is theirs. And you got Josh Heupel at Tennessee. Tennessee's been bad for a long time, and they've gone through coach after coach after coach. And how many times has it been we watch some Tennessee game, some? bullshit team they play in the in the non-conference and they lose so it's close mm-hmm. against some random school yep so, App State uh, Charlotte I guess App State's not a shit team but I mean the App State's still like in the Sun Belt but Charlotte or, or other yeah but, it, but it's like Tennessee it's been a long time since they've been good so yeah be good and Vanderbilt they were good for a couple of years but now they've fallen off and uh, their new head coach is a guy who was at SDSU when we were there uh, what Clark Leah? Oh, okay. I feel like that's that's kind of been under the radar. He's thirty eight. He's from Nashville. He was uh, Notre Dame's defensive coordinator these past three seasons, and uh, he was a linebacker coach at SDSU in 07 and 08 when oh. we were there. Very cool. 
Then he went to UCLA, Bowling Green, Syracuse, Wake Forest, somehow went to Notre Dame, and then became the head guy at Vanderbilt. So a assistant coach, the linebackers coach when we were in college is now the head coach at Vanderbilt, and he's five years older than us. That's and he played, at, he played at Vanderbilt in the early 2000s. He was a fullback. That's insane. That's insane. So, uh, He's under the under the Stiglmeyer coaching tree. You can have a little branch. There we go. That goes off, and then there's Vanderbilt. Did um, did you talk with him at all? Was he was he still a coach there when you were a grad assistant? No, no, oh, seven, oh, eight. So we just were in what okay, sophomores, so we juniors. So I remember him. I remember him in the program and the media guy, but I never I ever talked to the guy. So. Okay. Well, that's cool. That is very cool. Uh, well, now we have reason to cheer for Vanderbilt, other sure. than we just don't want to see Vanderbilt suck so bad. Um, yeah. So, good. On the West, Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson, three teams that have, uh, you know, that are just so good, that are constantly in the playoffs. And that's why the playoffs are sort of dull, because it's like, okay, we're just... We're just numb to the fact that at least two of those teams are going to make it in the playoffs. And, yeah. I, and I would add Oklahoma. Sure, yeah. yes, Oklahoma, always well. in there. But those three teams specifically, Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama this year, are all bringing in new quarterbacks. So mm-hmm. if there is a year where they are more susceptible, this would be the year for all three of them. Yep. Uh, like, again, Ohio State, uh, is it Chris Stroud or some, some guy is yep. – uh, is their quarterback? We already mentioned Clemson and DJ Uangalele, and here at uh, Alabama, Bryce Young, who may be the best quarterback that Nick Saban has ever had, and I mean he is making oodles of money in uh, name, image, likeness, NIL deals, and can he tra- can that success in uh, in the green tra- transfer to the green field there at Bryant Denny Stadium? I think it can. I mean, Alabama, this is supposedly the best defense Nick Saban has had in years. Yeah. Because they had always been known for defense, and the offense just did enough. Good running backs. Well, then the offense took off and had explosion. I mean, think about the wide receivers they've had over the years. Jerry Judy and uh, Henry Ruggs. You had Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith last year. I mean, they put out a lot of good weapons at wide receiver here, and even some quarterbacks with Mac Jones getting drafted here this past April, number, uh, what, 15 overall to New England. Yeah. So we're, we've are we started seeing Nick Saban in this explosive offense. Well, now it's the defense's turn, and the defense can help carry if Bryce Young, the quarterback for Alabama, struggles at all. But it's Alabama, and I just feel it would be foolish for me not to take them, even though Texas A&M, a lot of people seem to like them. They're starting a freshman at quarterback. So what – this what the, the West Division is going to come down to when Alabama and A and M play at College Station at, at Texas A and M here later on in the season. Uh, but I think that's the game that decides this division. Probably, I think Alabama is going to kill Miami Saturday. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I think they're going to beat them pretty good. Oh yeah, defense looks good. They're very similar to the Patriots. They've been good for a long time. Early on, it was the defense with both teams, and then later on, it became the offense with both teams. So, uh, yeah, quarterback, new quarterback, Bryce Young. We'll see how he does. Um, yeah, so it's Alabama, Georgia. Um, A&M, I, when we talked a couple weeks ago, I liked A&M for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. It's kind of my surprise deal there. If they can, 
they could be that team that sneaks in without winning their conference with only losing to Alabama, who should be a playoff team. So, I'm again, I, I like, yeah, their schedule is bad. A&M's schedule is not good. So they should, at the very least, go, what, 10-2. and two. They're not any more, if they're worse than 10-2, then, then that's bad. And Jimbo they, end, Fisher, they, they end the year at LSU, and that's it. They, they hired Jimbo Fisher to get them to compete yes. with Alabama, to win these divisions. So I think it sometimes I think I'm still caught in the Texas A&M, like, oh, they're just a really good SEC program. And I forget that they have Jimbo Fisher, who is supposed to be this massively great recruiter and this guy who can coach, and, 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 he, and he can do all those things. I'm not saying he can't, but it's just that – we, we just don't necessarily always think of Texas A&M in that regard. No, because they haven't won anything. They're this team from Texas who thinks they're big shits, but they're not. Right. They want to think they're – like Texas isn't any good, and they've been better than Texas here recently. Oh, and, yes, without uh, They're not better than Oklahoma, and they're not better than a lot of these teams. But if they can't – again, similar to Georgia, if A&M can't get it done this year, I mean – You've got Alabama at home. You're at LSU. That's your one game at LSU. And I don't think LSU is going to be all that great other than that. I don't know. You know, I, I like Indiana. Yeah. The more the more I, there's one team, the more I read about them stacking, the more I look at their schedule, the more I like it. And that's A&M. That's Ole Miss. Oh, yeah. Lane Kiffin and company. Ole Miss. I don't know what you got Ole Miss at. I'm looking at Ole Miss maybe 9-3. and three. I got uh, it. Things go right, maybe 10 and 2. Yep, 9 and 3. I, I, wow. Yep. Good. I, they, were, they were one of my teams that I felt better about, like picking them, just because I really like what Lane Kiffin does. And the one, actually, one reason in particular why I like them a little bit more than uh, a lot of other teams, they're fully vaccinated. And not to get all political here, but if you're fully vaccinated, that means you are you should have all of your players, your really good players, your really good recruits at your disposal every week barring an injury. You don't have to worry about the testing and oh maybe they test positive or something like that and have to go out. You don't have to worry about those forfeits. They're fully vaxxed. They should be in a very good it's an instant competitive advantage over any other team that might not have all of their great players, their starters fully vaccinated. That's a good point. I mean, I don't know why a certain team, they're getting better. And hey, hopefully this won't be an issue this year. Hopefully teams right. teams understand. With all these, you know, play, oh, you got to put the team first and all this other football bullshit that you hear about. Well, this is the ultimate team first. You don't want to get the shot too goddamn bad. Get it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like Old Miss. Old Miss, I guess, is going to be my, their offense is good. They're going to be my team of the South. Yeah. I like Lane, I like Lane Kiffin. I like him. Um, our guy in Mississippi State, uh, Pirate Mike Leach. Mike Leach. They kind of had a they had a good start. Kind of a, a rough. Uh, what was it? They beat LSU last year, I think. Yeah, and then it went um, off but, the rails in a hurry. <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, you know kind of a under the radar game here, week two, uh, Mississippi State, North Carolina State. Um, if, you know, if North Carolina State's good, they should probably win that on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Mississippi State, we talk about oh, easy schedules. They got a hell of a, a, a three game stretch LSU at AM, and they host Alabama three yeah. in a row. Good luck. That's just the, the shits right yeah. there, right out of the gate. Uh, they take on my Tennessee State squad mm-hmm. late November, so that'll be nice. So, I mean, I always wish Mike Leach pretty well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Old Miss. Let's see what, let's see what Old Miss. 
what, can do. What what Lane Kiffin did last year with that quarterback was very good. They put up a lot of good points, uh, or a lot of big points in games. Uh, I, I agree with you. I am I am all on the Ole Miss train here. I have them going nine and three, which I think is good. I have A and M going ten and two. I think I have them. I have, or maybe I have A and M going nine and three. I have LSU ridiculously going ten and two, and I don't know. If maybe that's just because I, I like the Bayou Bengals a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on Coach O. Oh, yeah, get your home on, yeah, get your beignets and so. Yeah, the beignets, I was waiting for the beignets. Yeah, get the beignets and oh, go and get them. Oh, go Tigers, a great day in the state of Louisiana. Oh, go get them, Tigers. Ten and two is very overly optimistic for LSU, and I fully get that. But I again, who, who's their quarterback? That's why I always want to know. I am one year they had an unbelievable quarterback <laughs> and one of the best quarterbacks and teams we've ever seen. This is and LSU gets one quarterback. It's like Spider Man. Everyone gets one. LSU apparently gets one quarterback every once in a while. I mean, yeah. It's, so yeah, quarterbacks the 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 primary. Uh, deal here for them. So I, I, I'm, I'm higher on LSU than I should be. Like I, I feel good about Ole Miss. I feel good about you know like some of these other teams. Uh, I don't feel good at all about LSU. LSU and Kansas State are probably the two schools that I'm like, I, I'm, I'm too high on both of these. Like this conference could have three top five teams than A and M, Alabama, Georgia. And yes. again, that's why they're the best. Nobody else. Yep. Nobody else can can do that. Right. All these other conferences, they have one team that can be a playoff team. Nobody's got two, let alone three. And I think the SEC's got three uh, close playoff teams this year. Who do you have in the SEC championship game, then? We have Alabama and Georgia. Oh, we are the same, Crins, on every one of these. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, but I have, I'm likewise with you on that. Um yeah, I, I can't I can't go with I can't go against Alabama, and I'm gonna ride high with Georgia. Are there any other things that before we get to the picks and our college football playoff teams? Are there any other any is there any other intrigue in the Mountain West at all with the Boise State? The Cincinnati is supposed to be really good in the American Athletic Conference. They're ranked eighth right now. They have a couple of tough games against uh, Notre Dame. I know, and I can't remember Indiana. I think is the other school. So they have a couple of tough games that could solidify themselves, maybe being that non-power five or the you know the group of five team um, in the New Year Six bowl games. Uh, but you know you got Notre Dame, of course. They I think they're going to be factoring right in the in the mix here. I have a lot of teams either going undefeated or with one loss. Uh, the MAC, the Sun Belt, Coastal Carolina. Who's this year's Coastal Carolina? Oh God. <laughs> I mean, Liberty, Liberty's been good. Liberty and the coach, but they've been, uh, yeah. they've been uh, Division One for a long time, but they've been good, and people like their their quarterback. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess this is Cincinnati's to lose here. Uh, Sean Cook likes Nevada. I guess we'll keep yeah. track of Nevada yes. for a little bit. Um, Notre Dame, like, they got a tough schedule for yeah. once. Yeah. They got uh, Wisconsin and Cincinnati back-to-back weeks, both at home. And they also have USC and North Carolina back-to-back weeks, both at home. That's the so key, though. They got, get those games at home. Yeah, you've got four top 15 teams. I don't know if anybody else has that. Just kind of looking at people. I don't know if anybody else has four teams 
in the top 15 on their schedule. Certainly not at home. Um, Alabama would be the only other team, I think, that would come close to that. And, and it might be a team that, you know, that's not in the mix here. Yeah. I mean, those are their four games. Uh, they can probably lose one and still be there. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the Wisconsin, Cincinnati. Yeah, you. I mean, that's that's tough. I don't. I don't think they win all those. So I don't. I don't think they're going to be in the playoff. But yeah, what? What do they go? Ten and two, or they got to be in the top 10, 12 to get into a, a bowl game. I think Notre Dame is my first team out of the college football Ooh. playoff. If that gives you any indication as to where this is going here, I have a Notre Dame at eleven one and out of the college you, football playoff. You have them losing to Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yep. Well, how about that? So, they, yeah, they got some good wins there. So, yeah, Notre Dame should be good. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a game on uh, Peacock. What's that, Toledo maybe? Yes. Yep, opener. Week two? Yep. So, I see. I, I mean, I, I don't know what the future looks like, but I see that becoming more common, whether it's the NFL going to Amazon or yeah. wherever. I believe we're going to have to pay so dumb. to watch certain games. I mean, nobody gives a shit about Toledo and Notre Dame, but uh, – you know, like, I believe that might be the future of. I, I like. Could you imagine putting a? How much would you pay for the Super Bowl? Fifty bucks, a hundred bucks. Oh, you if get they a lot put of the, If they put there. the Super Bowl on pay per view, yeah. could you? Uh, you know, the 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 Pacquiao Mayweather hundred dollar pay per view. I mean, there'd be you know millions of people that would yes. pay that. Yeah, and you have a lot of people over. They put ten dollars in the thing, and you got to pay it for it. No problem. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe you know, will that ever happen? Who knows? I doubt it. I'm sure the, the networks will make it worth their while saying, you know what, here's a couple billion dollars for a decade. Don't don't put this up. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That I think streaming's sort of going that way. Like, that's the way more games are going to go. I hate it. I, I mean, but it, you know, a lot of cord cutters out there. You know, cable's kind of going by the wayside. You know, the satellite is going by the wayside. Streaming's the way to go. Uh but I would, I would hope that's not the case, but uh, we'll see. I mean, ESPN Plus has really gained a lot of momentum, a lot of steam ever since they started putting UFC on. I mean, that's that's gained, uh, that's really helped them. And you got, What do you got, Dish? Yes. I might be switching away from Dish here in the next, uh, uh, after our contract's up, I think you're at the end of September. Uh, what, we might, uh, where we, would you we, go to? We would go to cable, probably like a Charter, wow. uh, Spectrum by Charter. Uh, that would be the only other one to go to uh, i always had cable and melissa got uh, melissa didn't have cable when i met her and then she got youtube tv mm-hmm. and then i got youtube tv and i i didn't figure i would figure i'll probably just stick with cable but no youtube tv it's been better than i ever could have thought it's got everything i need nothing that i don't mm-hmm it's it's been very good so i we are youtube tv what is it 65 a month yeah, it's got a lot of stuff, so yeah, I, I, uh, if we're, we, we're good with that, and it's yeah, it's working out. If we do go like the the way of the non of like the streaming services, I would imagine we would go with several different ones. Like if you, you know, either between like Discovery Plus, uh, you know, you get uh, like Verizon, you get the like the Hulu, Disney Plus, um, yep. uh, ESPN Plus. I think we would go probably that route and get several different streaming services. Um, the big one for me, though, and I know I think uh, Hulu now has announced that they're getting a Red Zone, which is big because okay. I, I I need Red Zone. That's changed the way I watch NFL football. Uh, I don't outside of the Vikings, I can watch you know Octabox and love every minute of it. So 
uh, that would be the the one thing that would change for me is I, it, that I need is I need a NFL red zone. So Hulu has that, I believe. So that would be the one uh, factor maybe switching over stream. But but we'll see. That's that. But I agree that. Long story short, I agree with you that I, I fear that streaming is the way to go. Even though I I think you're reaching a smaller audience by doing that. Yeah, YouTube TV they got NFL crap. I. NFL Network, I deactivate that because I don't care enough to watch. I just mm-hmm. take it off. I think it's got Red Zone too, and I guess Netflix is our only other streaming thing. Like ESPN, there's nothing on there I care about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good deal at the Disney Plus Hulu ESPN thing bundle. That seems like a good deal. Mm-hmm. But there, there's nothing on ESPN that I care about. I don't care about UFC anymore. Really, there's nothing on there that I would. Oh, I gotta get ESPN to watch this. It's like, right. no, I. There's enough games out there for me to watch that I don't need ESPN. So, I don't really watch ESPN anyway outside of games. So there's nothing on there. Oh, there's not any show that I care about. So mm-hmm. yeah. Let's make some picks now. ACC championship game: Clemson against UNC. Who do you like? I like Clemson to beat North Carolina. And then what? North Carolina would go to the Orange Bowl, I would guess, right? Yep. Since they need a representative. Or nope, Orange Bowl, I guess, is a playoff game this year. So. Oh yeah, so they would probably go to the Peach Bowl. I'm looking at this here, and I don't see a. I'm looking at one bowl projection. I don't see a ACC team. I believe there's got to be another ACC team in here, doesn't there? I guess not. I don't know. Maybe they just don't have. Maybe it could be how high they factor. Uh, well. I guess I guess you know bad year to be good in the ACC because if you're getting Clemson in the in the playoff, you may not get a number two team. Because so, the college football yeah, like, playoff like is uh, games are going the sites are the Orange Bowl and the Cotton Bowl, right? Yes. Or in it, Jerry World in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, so both of us with Clemson there. Big Twelve, Oklahoma against Ohio or against Iowa State. I go Oklahoma. I think I picked Iowa State in our thing, but I think I'll pick Oklahoma. I as well have Oklahoma. Big Ten, Ohio State versus Wisconsin. Ohio State. As do I, given Wisconsin their first loss of the year. Pac-12, Oregon versus USC. Mm, let's give it to USC. Our first disagreement here, I'm going Oregon. And then finally, Alabama versus Georgia. Give it to Alabama. Uh, Alabama as well. So we differ on just one game. All their conference championship games, the same. Uh, we differ on one winner. I have Oregon. You have USC. Uh, college football playoff teams. Who do you like? On a lone show, I picked three SEC teams. They have something different. I picked, uh, what was it, Oklahoma to go along with Alabama, Georgia, and a Mm-hmm. I don't you know, all this depends on Clemson, Georgia I think Clemson wins that game but if not, things change like the winner you know, if Georgia wins that game I think they're in the playoff Yep. and I think if they lose, they're not mm-hmm. um, it, it sucks to you could go Alabama, Oklahoma Clemson, Ohio State and I think you'd have a real good shot getting all four of those right and I think you got a real good shot of getting maybe at least two or three of those 
But it feels like it's been some combination of those four teams every year. And it is, for me, it's getting tiresome. Mm-hmm. Those four teams. If you put Georgia in there, at least it'd be a different team. They've been in there, what, once before? It'd be a little different. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. If Texas A&M gets in there, that would also be different. I don't know yes. who else is getting into this playoff. Wisconsin. So, Wisconsin. I. You look. You know, I mean, you look at these schedules. They seem easy. You know, there's going to be upsets, and it feels like things are going to settle. There hasn't been much debate in these playoffs of, oh, man, this team should have gotten in, or, boy, who do you pick between number four and number five? It's a it's a coin toss. You, I mean, there, there's really been no debate. It's been, mm-hmm. these are the four teams, how are they going to see them, and, and we move on. So there's really been no debate about who the top four teams are. And I think things are going to end up where, like, there's really going to be no debate who the top four teams are. If it comes down to, like, Georgia or Clemson, and let's say uh, Georgia runs the table, loses to Alabama. They got their one loss, but they didn't win their conference, and they beat Clemson. Clemson won their conference, beat everybody but Georgia. Let's say it comes down to them. You know, who do you put in? You got Alabama's going to get in. You got Ohio State's going to get in. You got Oklahoma going to get in. Who gets in between Clemson and Georgia? Georgia beat Clemson. Like it'd be hard not to say Georgia, you win that. It's the, the what's the tiebreaker between these two teams? Well, it's probably the head to head from three and a half months ago. Like Georgia should probably win that, shouldn't they? Mm-hmm. I would say so. So you so you got that. Um, so you got you got like five teams for four spots, and then you got Texas A and M, who I think can sneak their way in. You know, if, if they're only losses to Alabama, where do they fit in? You know, mm-hmm. where do they fit in in that mix of, of you know, Clemson and Georgia yep. and A&M? How do, how do they? They didn't play any of those teams. And they also lost to the one team that beat Georgia. So where do they fit in? Outside, outside of those six teams, you know, Notre Dame, we talked about them. I I don't like any Pac-12 team. You got Iowa State. Like, I would be surprised if any other than those six teams that I mentioned get it. Right. I don't. And I'm going to go with Alabama. I guess uh, my one seed. Uh, Ohio State. My two. Oklahoma, three. And I guess uh, Clemson, my four, since I got Clemson beating Georgia. Okay. So I'd have I'd have Georgia with two losses. Uh, maybe it comes down to Clemson and A and M. I don't know. So I mean, I, do you see any other team? No, I, think, I, I, think, I don't see any other team than those six. Yep, I think, making it. Oregon, Wisconsin, Cincinnati. No, I just don't see any other than those six. Making it maybe Notre Dame, but that's about it. So Wisconsin and, would be six for me. Okay. Notre Dame would be five. So those are the so first got, two teams out. So you've got Clemson at seven? Yes, I'd have Clemson at seven. And they lose twice? They lose just once to Georgia. So one lost Clemson team could, is no higher than I'll, seven. I'll, just, I'll jump. Uh, Clemson will be six. Wisconsin will be seven. Okay. 
Notre Dame will be five. All three of those teams have one loss. And And Wisconsin will have beaten Notre Dame. Correct. And Wisconsin's one loss will be... In two Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. So yeah, Wisconsin undefeated at the end of the deal? Yes. Okay. I mean, that that would be... I mean, that would for once be some intrigue of... Mm -hmm. A bunch of these one-loss teams, Wisconsin beat Notre Dame... Where do you put them? Wisconsin's only losses to Ohio State. Um, yeah, I would like to, yeah. I would like a couple of teams with one loss, two or three of them, to be to be tied. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to give, just by the fact that I, I don't think they're the best team in the land, but I will give Ohio State the one seat because I'm going to have them be undefeated. Okay. I have Alabama at number two. Also undefeated. Uh, no, they will have lost one game. I'm going to have them losing to Auburn. Okay. Even though I think that's that. If, if they don't lose to Auburn, Alabama goes in undefeated, they win. So there's that. I have Oklahoma then as the three seed. With one loss. With one loss. Yep. To say Oklahoma State. And then I have Georgia, the four. With the one loss to Alabama. In the SEC championship game, yes. So, and to avoid an Alabama versus Georgia, would you, do you think they would put Alabama versus Georgia in the semifinals? No, they would. Okay. No, I I think they would put them separate to get a rematch. that's That's what I would ask. So I would have Georgia against Ohio State, Alabama versus Oklahoma. I, I, like that should almost be like a rule. Like you can't play somebody in your own conference. Sure. Yeah. Don't buy in the, in, the, in the semifinals. Especially if you play them in the in the champ in the conference championship yes. game. I would say yeah. If you played them in the regular season, you cannot play them in the semifinals. So give me a rematch in the national championship game of Georgia <laughs> against Alabama. Okay. And until someone takes them down, give me Alabama. I want Georgia, to win, but I, 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 right now I, I, all my, all my, I'm hitching my wagons to Georgia as long as I can go, and I should just go in, all in on them and say they win the national championship game. But I, I, I can't I, give me Alabama. I, I hate doing it, but give me Alabama. What was it? What was it? Alabama, Ohio State last year? Yeah, because Ohio yes. State beat the shit out of Clemson. I think yep. it's going to be the same thing this year, and I think Alabama's going to win again. It sucks to pick these same teams and say, yeah, it's going to be exactly the same as it was a year ago, but mm-hmm. history has shown it's either going to be Clemson or Alabama or Ohio State. Yep. For the most part. So. So congratulations to Alabama on winning this year's national championship. Who do you like for the Heisman Trophy winner? Hmm. All these new quarterbacks, again, the Alabama quarterback, Ohio State quarterback, uh, Oklahoma guy, he's, a, he's the favorite. Yep. Um, I think Clemson's guy is going to be right there. Yep. Uh, Georgia, if they have a good year, their quarterback might be in the mix. I guess I like Oklahoma's quarterback. They've done well. Spencer Rattler, I think, won the Heisman. Uh, as do I. Wow. We are. Oh, I, I, 
if I feel good and I feel bad at the same time, like good that we are so uh, in sync with our with our picks here, and bad at the same time because if it goes off the rails, it goes off the rails in a hurry. <laughs> All right, you got January first. You got the Sugar Bowl, which is the number two team out of the SEC, or maybe in this case, the number three team against the Big Twelve team. So you got what Ohio Iowa State versus uh, Iowa A&M? State versus A and M. Yes. And I would have Iowa State versus Georgia. And, yeah, in this in this one. Yep. Uh, Rose Bowl would be what? Oregon yeah. versus Wisconsin. And I would have USC versus Wisconsin. And then you have Fiesta and Peach Bowl. They're two at larges. We'd have Cincinnati versus somebody in one of them. Yeah. I guess the Fiesta Bowl, maybe. I would probably do Cincinnati against North Carolina in the. I'll do Cincinnati versus North Carolina in the Peach Bowl. Okay, I would do in the Peach Bowl, um, Notre Dame. Who do you have? I do, I would do Cincinnati, Cincinnati versus North Carolina in the Peach Bowl, and then in I would do Notre Dame against U.S. Oh no, I don't want that. Texas A&M. No, because I have A and M in the I have A and M in the uh, in the in the Sugar Bowl. Okay. I don't, I don't want a rematch of USC against Notre Dame. So let me switch that up here. Give me USC versus Cincinnati in the Fiesta Bowl and Notre No, because Notre Dame plays North Carolina this year. Uh, Notre Dame plays a lot of good teams. Yeah, they do. Do you want to see a rematch in the Fiesta Bowl of USC versus well, Notre Dame? Well, yeah. Notre Dame plays all three of those teams. Yeah. Cincinnati, USC, North Carolina. So they're going to have to play one of them, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, shit. Yeah. Let's let, uh, let's, <laughs> just, let's just keep it uh, Cincinnati, North Carolina, Peach Bowl, Notre Dame, USC, fi- uh, Fiesta Bowl. Something like that. Yeah, you're looking at, uh, yeah, looking at something. Looking yeah. at those other... What what team haven't we? So I mean, those are you know common answers. The number two teams from a lot of those conferences: Penn State, Miami. Yeah, Penn State, Miami, uh, Florida would be one. The Hurricanes, uh, Texas. I mean, we don't think Texas is going to be very good. Washington, no. I guess Washington could be in the in the mix there. Yeah, again, another another short list of like it's going to be these. Three, four teams, you would think. Mm-hmm. See, and if it's not Cincinnati, who's it going to be? Oh, I always want to say UCF, but no, I don't think the UCF is going to necessarily do it. Uh, I mean, Boise State—you always need to factor them in. I'll say Boise State. Of course, Carolina, Liberty, all those teams. Uh, yes, I think Boise State. State. If it's not. Hmm. Yeah, so it should be good. I'm excited about college football more than in a long time. I've missed a lot of games. Is it because of last year or or not? No. I just want to watch more stuff. Sure. I feel like the last couple of years I haven't watched as much. And I want to watch more. We don't have anything going on this Saturday as far as I know. And there's a lot I want to watch. I want to watch Indiana-Iowa. I want to see Penn State-Wisconsin. I want to see Clemson, obviously. Um, so there's a lot to see Okay. in week one. Yes, without, Labor Day. without question. So, yeah, I would, 
I would like to watch some football this year. And I think there's, you know, like a lot of the weeks you look at the schedule, like there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. Been a lot. It's been like the last couple of years, there's been nothing on the schedule. Well, it, last year was so crazy with, with COVID yeah, yeah. and stuff. So we can't really, I think we no. have to throw that aside. Like here's a stupid game week two. Week two, you got Kansas at Coastal Carolina. How that happened, I don't know, but I want to see Coastal Carolina beat the shit out of Kansas. Well, Coastal had to go to Kansas a couple years ago and and beat them. Crazy. Yep. And week two, of course, you got the big Oregon-Ohio State game right off the bat. Yep. Um, You see see what happens there. Other than that, you got Iowa-Iowa State, which is more intriguing than usual. Yep. Uh, You got Appalachian State of Miami. I don't know. Texas-Arkansas doesn't do much for me. No. Uh, Washington, Michigan, night game at Michigan, seven o'clock. You know, week two got a couple of games there. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get, do you want to do cereals this week, or do we postpone it another week? We can do a couple. Okay. Like, like like week three, Cincinnati, Indiana, eleven yes. a.m. Count me in. Yep. Well, I want to watch. Uh, you got Alabama, Florida, at Florida. See if they can give them a test. Yep. Um. So you got a couple games, uh, week three. That I, I I didn't know about this. You got Auburn at Penn State. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that week three and night game at Penn State. That's always interesting, and uh, just shame that I don't think Auburn's going to be very good. Right. But you you got seems like every week at least there's a couple games I look at that I am interested in. Um, once you get into the conference schedules, maybe not so much. I look at week four, and there's, you know, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, that's about it. And that's all I'm interested in. But things could change, you know, from Yeah, week things are going to change. There are going to be games that are going to pop up. and Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this game. So, going to be surprise teams. You know, if Old Miss can get up to a good start, you know, mm-hmm. they play Alabama, they might be 4-0. So, before we get serious, to, uh, do... to see some football. Yes, I am, I'm excited, too, and especially because last year we just – we got ripped off, but that's yeah. COVID. Uh, before we get to the cereals, uh, how did uh, you were in Spearfish last week? Correct. Uh, I was at home against Spearfish. Oh, I was oh, home I against Spearfish. My my apologies. Mitchell yeah. played Spearfish. How did that go? Uh, not very well. Mitchell won twenty eight to seven. It was seven nothing with about a minute to go in the third. So mm-hmm. that's not very fun. No. No, uh, Spearfish has lost 24 in a row. Oh. Uh, yeah, they're bad. They're approaching Sturgis territory. It's very bad. So, Mitchell, I don't think they're going to be very good. Oh, no. I didn't think they'd be good. Maybe they can go 3-6, and six, which sure wouldn't be great. But they were competitive last year. They were 3-7, and seven, but they were competitive. And I think they're going to have a similar record, but maybe not be as competitive as they were last year. But Where, and who knows? who do they play this week? Uh, they play Pier. Pier. In Pier? Yes, this will be the third time in the last five games they played Pier, and all three of them have been at Pier. Uh, the first game was a blowout. The playoff game was very close. Yep, I remember that. Uh, I expect this game to kind of be in the middle. So. And when do you call volleyball for the first time? Thursday at home. They play Sioux Falls, Washington. Very surprising, kind of. Uh, Mitchell Volleyball struggled for a couple years after making the state tournament three years ago. Uh, they're 4-1 and one on the year, but they've beaten Sturgis, who's bad. 
Uh, they beat three teams in Huron. They beat like Douglas, who's awful. Chester area, who's an A team. And they beat Watertown, which Watertown's usually pretty good, but they must not be this year. So maybe they'll surprise me. Maybe they'll be in that eight or nine seed mix come state tournament time. But uh, Mitchell Volleyball, I've not called a Mitchell Volleyball win in, I think, maybe two years. Yeah. So they, they've won four, five, six games a year, but the games they win, I always miss them. Oh, no. Because <laughs> they're always playing like a West River school or sure. it's a game that's going on when football's going on. Yep. So I think it has been a couple of years since I called a win. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're beating Washington Thursday, and it could be a few weeks until they win again. Uh, so. Well, good luck with the calls nonetheless. Uh, and uh, safe travels out to the, the capital. The wonderful yes. capital of Pierre, South Dakota. Uh, let's get to some cereals now. We missed this. Uh, we didn't do it last week, which is a good thing because it didn't record, so that, that's good here. We're on O's this week. We're going to go through a few letters here. We're going to start with Oatmeal Crisp by General Mills. Oatmeal Crisp, another exciting cereal by General Mills. Oatmeal Crisp. Uh, it's got almonds in it. Yeah, we go. It looks okay. It looks okay, but uh, no one the oatmeal crisp. Okay, oatmeal squares by Quaker Oats. These maybe look like checks. I've not seen these oatmeal squares. The dog's peeping or something. Don't peep, dog. Don't peep. <laughs> Especially in the cups. He's Did puking because he he's eating these Quaker uh, these oatmeal squares. <laughs> No on the, uh, no on the, they look okay though. I think I might like them. I haven't tried them. I think they might be okay. They might be okay. So, and a lot of these I haven't tried, sure. but they look okay. So, is that still a no or uh I'm going to say no. No, okay. Uh, staying with Quaker Oats, Oat Brand Squares. Oat Brand, No. Oat brand of squares. Mm-hmm. Like it's good for you. So no. How about this one? Okay, good luck with this one. Oatabix by Weedabix Limited. Oh, it's a goofy one. What now? Oatabix. O A T I B I X. Oatabix by by Weedabix Limited. By Weedabix. Probably no. No. <laughs> no. This is a stupid name. Stupid names. Okay, how about oat, oat Crisp by Quaker Oats? A lot of oats with the O's. Yes. Oat Crisp? No. All right. Uh, we are a lot out. of shit you'd feed to your cows or horses. <laughs> what do you like? That's what you get for winning the Kentucky Derby. Oats. Oats. Here's a buy a, here's Oat by Oat Mix Quaker State. Here you go. How about Oats and Honey Blend by Mom's Best Naturals? Sounds all right. I'm going to say no. Too many oats. Too many oats. I'm going to say no. Okay. Is um, that more of a corn and rice? Corn and rice, for the most part. Oats. Oat rattle. I get it with the oats. and more of a flakes. Got flakes. Not so much on the oats. All right. So much on the oats. How about Oops All Berries by Quaker Oats? No, is that a that's Captain Crunch deal? Yeah, it is a Captain Crunch deal. Yeah, no one needs all berries. People like them. No. 
I like them. Uh, they're very good, but I can't remember the last time I had them. But you are a Captain Crunch fan. You just want the original, the same. Yeah, I just want Captain Crunch. I don't want berries and marshmallows. Just give me yep. the old original Captain Crunch. How about Organic Wild Puffs by Barbara's Bakery? Barbara. Well, she's new to the game. She sure is. Barbara's Bakery, Wild Puffs. Fuck his ass. Could be anything. Cheese puffs, organic wild puffs. It's got uh, butterflies, poorly drawn butterflies. <laughs> These look like smacks, or the golden smacks. Yeah. Golden crisps, <clears throat> which I do not like. This would be a no. Final one in the O's. Oreo O's by Post Cereals. Fuck you, stacking. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm not eating goddamn Oreos. I'm sure I'm, you know what? I'm sure this would taste pretty fucking good, you know? Oreos and milk, pretty goddamn good. Yeah. I honestly, you, you buy it, it probably wouldn't taste bad. But I'm not, I'm not going that far. Okay. Oh. Honestly, of all the stupid ones... Like, Oreos go in milk. That's a thing that happens. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't want 50 fucking pieces of Oreos in a milk with a spoon. I don't need a bowl full of cookies. Um, but, you know, I can understand that a little bit, but no. All right. Uh, we just went to this movie yesterday with Noah. Uh, Paw Patrol by Kellogg's. Isn't that a big deal? Paw Patrol, big deal in your Paw house, Patrol, apparently? Yeah, big, big deal. We have the toys. We like watching the show. Yes, big, big deal. What are these? Are uh, dogs or policemen? Uh, policemen, firefighter, uh, recycling, construction, uh, watercraft, uh, pilot. It's very exciting. The part of, are these kicks? No, these are not kicks. Paw Patrol Cereal? Yep, Paw Patrol Cereal by Kellogg's. I don't, even, I don't know what it is. By Kellogg's? Mm -hmm. I don't even know. I'm going to say no. I don't know what it is. Uh, oh, I'm saying no. Probably Shapes of Dogs. No. Probably Shapes of Paws. Probably. Uh, Peanut Butter Crunch by Quaker Oats. What was that? Peanut Butter Crunch by Quaker Oats. Oh, no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Really? Okay. Uh, now, we go into, what the hell is this here? We got Peanut Butter Toast Crunch by General Mills. No. Yeah. No. Toast Crunch, no. Okay. I don't like peanut butter now, in my cereal. Now we are going, oh, nope, no peanut butter in the cereal. Okay, all right. All right. Yeah, Peanut Butter Toast Crunch, I don't like Toast Crunch. It had more shit to it, more, it had more peanut butter, no. All right, now we get into Pebbles cereal here. Oh, and we have, uh, right now, Cinnamon Pebbles. We have Cocoa, uh, Cocoa Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles. And maybe Pebbles Boulders. I don't know, Marshmallow Pebbles. I, we'll just go with the basic two. Fruity Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles. Are you a, are you a Pebbles guy? No, not all of them. Fruity Pebbles, I think, would be all right. I think I've had them before. Mm-hmm. Like little flakes of color things. Uh, I feel like they maybe get soggy real quick. They're not very thick. They're kind of like Rice Krispies, maybe. 
No to all of them, but Fruity Pebbles, well, I would give a chance to. I can be persuaded. I guarantee you this next one is going to be one that you are going to say, what the fuck, to, and it's okay. Peeps Candy by Kellogg's. Peeps? Peeps. Like the little, oh, like the little peeps. Oh, my God. I don't like Peeps. <laughs> Way too sweet. And this is another thing that does not need to be made into a cereal. Peeps, these look like uh, fruit, uh, we call them fruit loops. Uh, might be okay, but I can't imagine eating Peeps in a cereal. Yeah, these do not need to be made in the cereal. Okay, we got, uh, let's see here, Pep by Kellogg's. Just P-E-P. -E -P. I don't know what the hell this is. Pep! I don't know, this looks like an old cereal. Pep Wheat Flakes. They don't make these <laughs> anymore, I'm not sure. Wheat Flakes, these, you know, these look like uh, maybe Wheaties. And say no on that. That looks like an old cereal. Uh, I don't know. That this one is on here. I don't really know why, but porridge. You know a porridge guy? Porridge? Isn't that like oatmeal? Yeah, pretty much. It's like, yeah, nasty. Porridge? Is that hot? Yeah, I would assume, yeah. Yeah, hot. Uh, yeah, no. Oatmeal, porridge. Yeah, no, oatmeal is not bad. Um, yes to oatmeal, porridge, a bowl of that. No. You're like Billy no. Locks and the Three Bears if you eat porridge. No. Too hot, too cold, just right. How about Profits Pastry Pops by Amber Franklin Cereal Products? No, what the hell was it? No. No. Immediate no. How about Puff by Kashi? Puff? By Kashi? Okay, no on that. Puffs. Puff of what? Kashi, no. <laughs> seeing more Kashi around. No. Puffed, puffed rice by Quaker Oats. That's fucking Rice Krispies, isn't it? <laughs> the, the, their version of it. And Malto Meal also makes it. Uh, Malto Meal would be a yes. Uh, Quaker, they should probably just go out of business. <laughs> They mind a bunch of shit in the cereal business. This looks like crap. Puffed rice. How do you mess this up? I'm going to say no for them, uh, but yes for the multi meal. Okay, so we have a no and a yes because it gives me both like right next to one another. So I'm going to go no. Uh, go puffed no. rice. It, looks, it just looks bad. How about puffed wheat by Quaker Oats and multi meal? Puffed wheat. No, this looks worse than the rice. Okay. Uh, should we stop there and pick up Q&R yeah. next week? Okay, we will do that. I think so. All right. I sent I say you some pictures early on in the program. Yes. Yeah. On Facebook. There were a lot of uh, stupid cereals at the store the other day. Oh, you did not. All right. All right, we got Joyce. What the hell is this? I don't know. I don't know who she is. I don't know what it is. Panda Puffs. Leapin' Lemurs organic cereal. Wait, go, what the goldfish? That's a cereal? What? Panda No, uh, that's just goldfish. Oh, okay. Uh, but we got but they make them in vanilla cupcake goldfish now. So just the cheesy crackers. That was fucking cookies. Oh, Dunkaroos. You ever have Dunkaroos as a kid? Those things are sweet. Uh, Dunkaroos are outstanding. Uh, I can't find them. Hy-Vee oh. and Sioux Falls. Yeah, Hy-Vee has them. 
Um, here at Walmart, they have them, but there's yogurt instead of frosting, and I'm not dunking, dunking yeah, uh, no. my cookies into yogurt. No, no. Um, but they got Dunkaroo cereal, so. Pokemon, you got Ghostbusters, Kit Kat fruity cereal. Goodness gracious. The Kit Kat is actually just a Kit Kat, but that's the flavor. Yeah. It's like yeah. Fruit Loop flavored Kit Kats, right. which is, is necessary. Holy shit. Yeah. Good. Wow, Walmart. What What's going on here? What's I bought I, I bought one of these this weekend. What? Oh, did you buy the Pokemon? No, no, because you don't like marshmallows. Uh, so that throws out Ghostbusters. Uh, did you buy the Dunkaroos? I bought the Dunkaroos. Very good. Very good. Um, I had a whole bowl. I didn't need a whole bowl. It hasn't been much. I liked it. It's very sweet, as I imagine most of these cereals I don't like are sweet. Mm-hmm. Well, these things with cookies and shit. I don't need to be making a cereal, so I'll continue to eat this uh, a half a bowl at a time. But uh, it well, it was good. Dunkaroos. It wasn't on the list because who the fuck knew they were a cereal? Right. Uh, I would give Dunkaroos a thumbs up wow. for some stupid cereals because I like Dunkaroos. And this was good. I mean, these look like cookies. These look like just basically little cookies. And I didn't need a whole bowl of them. A half a bowl would have been fine. Once you get halfway done, you're like, this is too much. And that's, I like to fill my bowl up to the top. I need a whole bowl of cereal. And I can't do that with all of these sweet cereals we've talked about here for the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. So a half a bowl of Dunkaroos will have to do. Not good for you. But I tried it, and I, would, I like it because I like Dunkaroos. Very good. Very good. Well, anything else we need to get to before we say so long? Mitchell School Board having another meeting tonight about masks. Oh, good. I'm not sure that'll go well. They were one of the first to have masks last year. Uh, they said they weren't going to have them this year. They weren't going to make them mandatory. Uh, we will see what they decide tonight. Because things aren't going to get any better. They're going to continue to get worse. Especially after Sturgis. After that, and it's going to suck. We're going to have to wear a mask again. So I don't know what they're going to do. There's going to be a lot of dummies there, I'm sure, right now, speaking the same things they said last year. Mm-hmm. And again, all this could be avoided with one little shot. Like, if you don't want to wear a mask, well, then you could have taken a shot, and we wouldn't have to have these meetings anymore. Um, but they don't want to do anything. So we will see what comes of this. Indeed, we will. Well, good luck with the games this week. Enjoy the college football, and uh, it's great that it's back here, and it looks like everything's recorded properly, so that's fantastic news. Uh, You have a good rest of your week, a good Labor Day, and we'll talk to you next week. Uh, Ahead, and remember, uh, study up for that fantasy football. uh... Oh, yes, Tuesday night. Yes, Uh, yeah, shit. Yes, very good. All right. take a peek. Yeah, very good. Thank you, my friend. All right, we'll see you later. Travis Kranz. Bye, Melissa. Bye, Melissa. All right, very good. Thank you. All right, sounds good. Uh, there we go. Thank you, Krenz. Travis Krenz joining me here on the Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time, as always. This is just the beginning of this podcast because we are going to try and get Charlie Hildebrand on. We're going to try and get Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader on. We're going to try and get Jeff Lloyd, second from the Lockdown Browns podcast, for this big extravaganza, the podcast, the college football season preview. Uh, extraordinaire. That's coming up here. Uh, but, yeah, Travis and I, pretty much the same on everything. College football playoff, we have the national champion, Alabama. We have the Heisman Trophy winner, Spencer Radler from Oklahoma. One playoff team difference. He is Clemson. I have Georgia, the winner of that game, pretty much. 
shooing for the for the playoff. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be fantastic. Uh, this podcast can be found on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stack and Travis Crins at Travis Crins. Facebook, Nathan Stack, and a link to the podcast post middle to later part of each week. But we're just getting started here, or maybe we're halfway through. Who the hell knows? It's a long podcast this week, folks. So coming up next, more college football talk as the college football season is just days away from the official kickoff. Coming up next here on the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com. Continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, pleased to be joined by my good friend from the Northwest Iowa Review, Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, how you doing? I'm good, Stackett. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, thank you. We are just mere days as of the recording of this podcast away from the official start of the college football season, but I do have to start by asking, truly, how are you? Because you being the Nebraska fan, I can't imagine Saturday was a very joyous day in the uh, Hildebrand residence. Uh, my sister was in town. I didn't see her in a while, so it was fun visiting her. And when Nebraska had a fumble late in the first half, and Illinois returned for a touchdown to make it 16-9, I basically I felt like I was watching a rerun of a sitcom you've seen many times before and used to like but don't like it. And just basically did the Jerry Seinfeld, like, standing up and shaking your hands gif, like, getting out of here. And it was just like, I've seen this. I know they're going to lose. So I honestly didn't watch a single snap of the second half. I went to a different room with my sister, and she's hooked on Survivor. So I watched reruns of Survivor, (laughs) and I just figured if I was going to watch a bunch of assholes make stupid decisions, I might as well watch Survivor where someone might win one money at the end instead (laughs) of watching a football game where I knew that it was just like, well, yeah, you're going to keep making dumb mistakes and you're going to lose. One might say it would take a Survivor to watch a Nebraska game these days. Yeah, I I don't I don't think I ever talk about my parents on here. I should say kudos to my pop, who basically never stops watching games on me. I don't know how he does it, but there, as you can imagine, over the last five years, there are many games I've given up on in the third quarter mm-hmm. or at halftime. Sometimes when they're way 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 more blowouts, this one I just had a sense I could tell they were going to lose, but I realized it was close at halftime. He's at times still watching them when they're down by like 40 points, and I didn't know Oh, so I watched bits and pieces of this game. Mainly, I, I just watched in the first half, I guess. Um, I saw the the 40 yard pass play by Alex Martinez, who, by the way, is he in his seventh year? I swear he's been around for close to a decade. Adrian Martinez. Adrian Martinez, my bad. So it can't be that long if you couldn't get his first name. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, he's actually a fourth year senior. He oh did my not red shirt. Doesn't have any extra years. He just has started since his first game. He's been on campus, so that's why. I, I just feel like he's been around for a long ass time. It doesn't uh, help that even though they're not related, that you know, five years before him, six years before him, they had another four-year starting quarterback. His last name was also Martinez. Oh, okay. and I think that's in Taylor Martinez. Oh, maybe that's you remember him. that name. Yeah. And I think that's why it, it makes it even more so is that from from 2010 to 2021, they will have had eight years where there's been a Martinez that started at quarterback. So Scott Frost said, and I don't mean to keep harping on this, but... Uh, no, that's fine. I do not have my feelings hurt. I've already made my peace with that. They're going to fire everyone at some point this year and start over again next year. Okay. Scott Frost said he's seen the same old movie again. And to which I thought, like, well, then Scott Frost saying he's seen the same movie over 
again, it's just like, okay, is that what Nebraska fans want to hear? That, oh, I've seen this movie again. So then you kind of know you're just set up for failure. He's 12 and 21 in his tenure there at Nebraska, right? So, like, what what gives here? What, what do, if that's what he's doing, then is he resigned to the fact that he's not the guy for the job? I don't know if he's resigned to that fact, but I think most Nebraska fans are starting to be resigned to that fact. I, I already am. I think some some will probably need will, uh, Nebraska's next game, if I remember right, is against Fordham, a bad FCS team. Yeah, the fighting so even Tony if they play Reals. poorly, they're going to they're beat Fordham by four touchdowns. Or four. And that's not anything positive about Nebraska, but how bad Fordham is. Right. Yeah. I would imagine they'll beat Buffalo the week after that because the coach they had that was good left to go to Kansas in like May. So they had to scramble to find a replacement. And then they play Oklahoma the next week and they're going to lose to Oklahoma by 50 points. And I would imagine that any Nebraska fan that was starting, well, you know, maybe, and I think after Oklahoma, they played Michigan State, maybe, there's a pretty good chance they're going to lose that game, too. So. Any of the ones holding on to hope, I think, will probably lose it around that point in time. Okay. But has- and the, and the other, I mean, I don't want to say I speak for all the Nebraska fans, but I think the bottom line is in year four, after Mike Riley, who had been the least successful Nebraska football coach in my or your lifetime, that it was, and also Scott Frost getting more uh, like support and push in anything he wanted because you know I, I know there's other stuff where you know some people didn't really like mike riley and i, and I know with scott frost they gave him like a, a jet he could use to go visit recruits and stuff and basically if anyone was set up for success at nebraska since tom osborne left mm-hmm. uh it's been scott frost and he is even worse than mike riley was and even if you like that he's got nebraska connections and liked him when he played in nebraska and won a national title maker if in year four you're not any better than the previous coach that got fired for being really bad at his job, I think regardless of ties, there's no real objective way you can look at it and be like, well, I don't know. Maybe it'll get better. Unless this is one of those once every 15 years things where they're terrible and somehow they catch lightning in a bottle and win a bunch of games the rest of the year. Well, but I would say if you can't beat an Illinois team that's probably going to finish like 4-8 this year, not only are you not going to be in Oklahoma or Ohio State or Wisconsin or Iowa, I don't know how you're going to be Northwestern or Minnesota or Purdue mm-hmm. or Michigan or any of those schools either. Yeah. So, like, I, I four and eight, Mike Riley's last year, they went four and eight. And Scott Frost's first year, they went four and eight. Every other Nebraska season back to, like, 1965, there have been, like, two five-win seasons, and every other one they've won six or four. And I don't think they're even going to get to Florida this year. I think they're going to be like three and nine. Well, it's going to get really ugly. Well, when you lose to Illinois and have as many mistakes, like the guy you know fielding the punt at the two and then running back and throwing the ball out of the end zone, that's not uh, that's not good. Martinez losing a fumble and so it you know for for a touchdown. It's just I, I feel for you because yeah, if you would have known from you just saw the first half mostly. You said yes, like I just yep. saw the first half. If you would have known that one of those coaches is um, – now, I realize it's not Brett Bielema's first year coaching. Right. But it's his first year at Illinois. And if you knew that one of those teams, it was the first year for that coach and that their starting quarterback got knocked out midway through the first quarter and didn't return. 
did you, but you didn't know anything about anything else going on. You would look at it and be like, well, clearly, clearly the way Nebraska's playing, it must be them that has their first year head coach and without their starting quarterback because they look so bad on offense. Mm-hmm. And obviously that wasn't the case. And I feel like, didn't Illinois lose their starting quarterback during the, the first half? So Yeah, that's what I was saying, yeah, is that yep. Illinois did. Yeah, yep. And if, yeah, if you've got a, a guy in his fourth year coaching at a school, sixth year as a head coach overall, against a guy who's his first game with Illinois, and they lose their starting quarterback in the first half, you'd be like, well, clearly they're easily going to win. And obviously, not only did they not win, I had checked on my phone, and they were down by, like, three touchdowns at some point, apparently. Because even though I left to watch TV, I was like, well, let's check my phone, and if it's if they're up, maybe I'll go back and watch it. And saw they were down 30-9, to nine oh. and just basically, you know, washed my hands of everything the rest of this season. I mean, if they somehow, if they end up hammering both Fordham and, and Buffalo, Maybe I'd watch against Oklahoma, even though I know they'll get murdered. Mm-hmm. But I don't even know if I'm going to do that then. Yeah. Like, this is like usually the other thing, too. And I realize you've got more important stuff to talk about than a really bad football team no, that's going to fire their yeah. coach in two months. But other than Nebraska's two, four, and eight seasons, every other year they've won at least five games since the 60s. I mentioned that. Mm-hmm. So that meant that going into the final game of the regular season, they at least had a chance to win, to reach a bowl game. Yep. Which means that basically every season I held out some hope that was like, oh, hey, think it's still going to a bowl game. You win your bowl game, you finish seven and six. That's not good. But, hey, maybe you build on that and you get those extra bowl practices. And this is this is the early, I mean it's the first game and it's the week before most teams even played. I've never given up on a season this early before. <laughs> it's, it's usually like the middle of October where they've lost three consecutive games. Where it's like, well, yeah. I'm giving up hope that they're really going to do anything. But you still have that little like outside bit in the back of your mind, like I'm sure you do with the Vikings oh, and yeah. when they have bad years. Yeah. Where you're like, yeah, I know that they're five games below 500, but. If they win these next two, maybe they'll get hot, and you lie to yourself and trick yourself into thinking they're going to be better that year I, when you know they won't. And I'm not even going through that that part this year. It's just straight into like, well, I don't know. Who are they going to offer a lot of money to hire and try to fix this? Charlie, this I, I guess not sinking ship. Apparently, it's already sank and it's 40 feet <laughs> under the ocean floor right now. This is uncharted territory for you, but I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Last year when the Vikings kind of made that little bit of a run and you're like, oh my gosh, this defense is bad, but they have a chance. And then they were up on Tampa Bay like six or ten and like nine to nothing or something. Or like I, I can't remember. They were they were up and they had controlled the ball forever and Dan Bailey missed, you know, field goals and extra points galore. And then they got it. That Tampa Bay ended up coming back and winning. But it's like, oh, the Vikings were closing that one. They're like, okay, you know, like they're competitive. And then Christmas Day came like, yeah, they're going to lose to the Saints. But you know what? It'll be okay. And then to just get slaughtered the way they did. It's like, wow, I have no hope. Like, why am I even watching this? I'm ruining my Christmas. Um, I understand where you're coming from. To Yeah, to that's the other thing, too, is it used to be it was like really fun watching them, even in years where – you know, they would quote-unquote life-only go 8-4 and four in the regular season. Mm-hmm. They still had good players that were fun to watch, and, like, they don't even have that anymore. Like, they don't have guys that are fun because they're really good or athletic, and they don't do anything interesting that makes them be like, well, 
at least they're really good at rushing the passer, or at least they have really good, you know, a really good deep passing game that's fun to watch. Like, they don't excel at anything and don't have particularly good players. And it's like, well, when you put those things together, you're not going to be very good. Well, my dad used to work with a guy who was a huge, diehard Nebraska Cornhuskers fan, so I I can only imagine what he and his family are going through as well <laughs> after watching that game. That, that it's gonna It could be a long year, so my sympathies are definitely with you. Let's go on to some happier uh, things of note then. What else from week one stood out for you? Granted, it wasn't a huge sample, but UCLA looked good. UConn looked as bad as ever. Uh, what Anything else stand out to you from week zero? Mostly just that UCLA looks good. I don't know how good UCLA is going to be this year. I th- and I don't think Hawaii's probably very good, so you don't want to read too much into it. But I think I think it's possible that UCLA could be a dark horse in the Pac-12 South. I think we talked about that when we did the Pac-12 uh, breakdown for who we thought would win the conference, and neither of us picked UCLA. Nope. But I do think. And ironically, Chip Kelly, who was the head coach when Scott Frost coached at Oregon, and they both had very poor – I think they both had 2017 or 2018. It was the first year at their respective schools they're at now. And both had really bad years and terrible starts. It appears that Chip Kelly maybe, like, not to the degree they were at Oregon, obviously, but maybe is kind of right in the ship and they're doing what we thought maybe he could do at UCLA. Could could be. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I mean, granted, you know, Hawaii's a small sample size, and not very many fans at the game. I don't know if that was COVID uh, regulations and stuff within the state of California or the city of Pasadena, but uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And UConn losing forty-five to nothing in Fresno State—that's not good. But uh, we'll, hey, we'll, if I want Nebraska to go to a bowl game, all they have to do is play UConn six <laughs> times this year. If they can do that. If they can do that, they can go to a bowl game. Even if it's the Lysol Toilet Bowl? Even if it's that one. Okay, very good. We'll get to I mean, some... hey, where does, where does shit go, stacking in the toilet? It so sure it does. Fit it sure does. We'll, go, we'll, get through, we'll talk about some of the week one games here in a little bit. Uh, but uh, we've, we've previewed all the Power 5 conferences over the last couple of weeks. So this week is all about, uh, like, the Notre Dames or the independents and the rest of the conferences so like the AAC with Cincinnati you got Boise State Nevada and the Mountain West uh, by the way the um, our friend David Schottenkirk loves Nevada this year he, that is his team on the outside that he wants to watch apparently they have a really good quarterback so uh, we'll, we'll see what Nevada can do but let's start with Notre Dame Krenz and I were talking about them earlier and just looking through it they play four teams in the top 15 this year neutral site or at home uh, Wisconsin, that's a neutral site game. Uh, they play USC at home. They play North Carolina at home. They play Cincinnati at home. So those are four really good game, four really good teams. Can they get through that gauntlet? Because I think Notre Dame is a fringe playoff team at worst this year, if not a playoff team. I think they have the talent to do it. That I mean, they've made the playoff. I think twice. Mm-hmm. And they also, I guess it wasn't the playoff end, but two years before it started, they made the national title game against Alabama. So while they don't have the same, quite, quite the same level of talent as, you know, Alabama or Ohio State, I think they're clearly good enough that they can do it. There's no, no game there I look at and think, like, they can't win. 
I think they might even be favored in all of them, except maybe Wisconsin. I don't know about that one. I don't think they're going to go undefeated, though, and I don't think they're going to get in the playoff. I've got them with two losses. Okay. Just because even though, like we said, they're they're talented and they're good enough to do it, at the same token, I don't think we would be stunned if North Carolina or Wisconsin or Cincinnati or USC beat them. And even though they're good, I think there's still other games in there that they're also not so dominant that, you know, if they tripped up and had a weird game and lost at your Hokies, mm-hmm. or I don't know, you know, if, if maybe sometimes weird stuff happens, I don't think it would happen there, but I suppose it could. Stanford's a weird game, and it's at Stanford. I would imagine Stanford, well, I don't think either of us are that high on them, will be better than they were last year. So I think they'll be really good. They'll they'll play the New Year's Six game, but will not be in the playoffs. Okay. Um, what about one of the teams that they do play, Cincinnati? Cincinnati is, you know, they were in the Peach Bowl last year. They're a clearly talented team. They do play a couple of very tough games against Notre Dame and also Indiana. They seem to be the cream of the crop in the AAC. I always like to factor in UCF, but, I mean, UCF, you know, Josh Heupel's no longer there. He's at Tennessee. Uh, They have some turnover and stuff, so we'll see what happens there. East Carolina might be a sneaky team in the AAC this year. I can't – I'm not saying that they're going to be dominant, but they could, you know, be like 7-5 and or whatnot. What, are there any other teams in the AAC that can compete with Cincinnati, or is there some other team in, entirely that you think is going to win the AAC? I think Cincinnati's going to win the AAC. I think UCF and Houston would probably be their two biggest, uh, the, the, the biggest competition for them. Sure. I think Gus Malzahn, assuming he doesn't leave right away, could be really, really, really good at UCF. I mean, that's a guy that's played in a national title game and has won the SEC before. I keep forgetting that he's at at UCF, and I think that's a great hire. I think they won the SEC West another year. I think it was the year that Georgia lost to Alabama in the national title game. Mm -hmm. I think Auburn won the West that year. So I don't know if they're going to go undefeated his first year. I I, I do think Cincinnati is going to win the conference. But I think, you know, you never know if – if Malzahn's going to be happy at Central Florida or if he's going to want another really, really big job again. But I think he could be pretty good there. And it's not like, I mean, I realize that offensive, like saying the team runs the spread doesn't really mean anything anymore because everyone or almost everyone does stuff like that now. But I don't think it's going to be as dramatic of a shift to what he was doing at Auburn to what he wants to or what UCF was doing under Heidel or Frost. So, I think, like, I, I don't know if he's going to go in and hit the ground running in year one, mm-hmm. but I think they could be like nine and three or ten and two or something like that, and give Cincinnati all they can handle. Memphis is also a team to potentially look at there in the AAC. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think Cincinnati's. I think Cincinnati's going to win that conference, and I think they're going to win it pretty easily. But I've always hoped for UCF. I mean, and you know, t- speaking of like really good teams. Coastal Carolina was a really good team last year, albeit in a weird season. We don't truly know how great they were, but Coastal Carolina did very good. They, they had beat that BYU in the uh, the number two draft pick in the NFL. That's they're very true. They did, and Louisiana is ranked. They are playing Texas this week in a very probably underrated game, I would say, 
Uh, but you have two teams from the Sun Belt that are ranked. So, and App State is always good. So, if I could ask you, who would be this year's Coastal Carolina? That team that comes out of nowhere. Would it be a Coastal Carolina, even though they're ranked? Like, who, who could, who is it going to be this year? I feel like I can't say Coastal Carolina since they're ranked already. Because no, nobody expected them to do that last year. So, it's got to be... It's got to be somebody that's at least a little bit surprising. I think of all the teams, the most likely, Schottenkirk say Nevada's a good one. I don't want to steal his thunder, though. I think I, I would go with Appalachian State. So they've been there. They've been good. They've got a lot of guys back. They were good last year. If I remember, yeah, they were nine and three last year. They've got seventeen starters back. Mm-hmm. I uh, one one thing. They do play Miami in week two. That would make. I think Miami's good, but what's more, Miami Hurricanes than not living up to the potential when people say you're going to be really <laughs> right, good. right. But you beat Miami in week two, then it's Mar- it's Elon Marshall, Georgia State at Louisiana. And then a bye week, and then Coastal Carolina. And I realize Louisiana and Coastal Carolina could be tough, but if you get by Miami, that's at least a few more games. And after they play Coastal Carolina, it's Louisiana, Monroe, Arkansas State, South Alabama, Troy, and Georgia Southern. So, I mean, it's not like it's a – it looks like it's basically a three-game schedule. Mm-hmm. Do you see any of those teams from the Sun Belt – making a legit run at the college football or like at the new year six, I should say like really like taking a stab at Cincinnati. I think, how should I, I think they could do it with the caveat that they're not going to get past Cincinnati if Cincinnati's undefeated. Okay. So I think they could make a run in the sense that if Cincinnati loses once and there's not, you know, an undefeated, UCF or Memphis or Houston or whoever, or Schottenkirk's Nevada team, mm-hmm. then yeah. Like, I, I think there's teams that are good enough that they could, but I think they're still going to be further down the pecking order just because fair or not that they're in the Sun Belt. And I think everyone pretty consistently looks at the AAC and the Mountain West as the, the SEC and the Big Ten of the group of five conferences. So does an undefeated Sunbelt team jump a one-loss Cincinnati team? If they're undefeated, I think they would. Okay. okay. Although, well, you know, I, I still think they would. I think it might be a little bit close. The biggest problem for them would just be that Cincinnati was really good last year. Right. And that it's the, for so many people, they just wouldn't recognize them and would be like, well, I don't know if I've seen them play. And I know Cincinnati was good last year. And I think they're going to get benefits of the doubt like Boise State does a lot because Boise State's been so good. Mm-hmm. Um, anything from the from Conference USA that trips your trigger? Anything from the MAC? Like, uh, and who do you think is going to win the MAC? Is it Buffalo this year? Uh, and does Conference USA do anything for you? I do not think it's Buffalo. I think if their coach, Lance Leopold, wouldn't have bolted to go to Kansas in May or whatever it was, I think you'd maybe have a better shot then. But without him, it's going to be much, much, much more difficult. I'd probably go – I'd go with Toledo in the MAC. Okay. Don't love them. Don't know a great deal about the MAC, I'll be honest. But that would be 
that would be my choice. Okay. And uh, pulling up pulling up Conference USA standings from last year here, because with conference realignment, I frequently forget who has moved conferences in the lower level conferences compared even, to where where it was in two thousand five. We're not even going to talk about what's going on at the FCS level with the whack uh, Southland Atlantic Sun. Uh, experiment and all of those like the Southland is getting ravaged by conference realignment at, at the FCS level. My answer for Conference USA is I think Florida Atlantic's going to win it. I forgot Willie Taggart's at Florida Atlantic there, and even though it didn't go well at Florida State, he's done well everywhere else, and he's in his second year now. They've got twenty starters back. They've got a Miami transfer at quarterback, so they. I think it's going to be Florida Atlantic, but I should say my I I, I don't I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on conference that's, USA. That's fine. And then uh, in the match, it was easier to be an expert on those conferences when those conferences were the only teams that played on Thursday night. So it was mm-hmm. like, oh hey, I know more about them. Yep. And then the bigger conferences realized, like, wait, they get all this free airtime. We're going to play there instead. Now. And that's why they do and, Tuesday Wednesday games in November. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the Mountain West, Shot and Kirk's Nevada Wolfpack are in there. I love Boise State. Uh, they're, they're just continuously good, and I think Nevada has to go to Boise State. So that ultimately could decide the Mountain West there, or at least, I mean, or maybe it's just the the appetizer to what's going to be the main entree in a Mountain West Conference Championship game. But uh, does anyone challenge Boise State or Nevada? Are you going to take Nevada to win the, to win the Mountain West? Uh, you don't think UNLV is going to challenge to win the Mountain West? Mm, probably not. I don't think Colorado State's going to, considering they're going to lose to our Jackrabbits on Friday night. That's true. No, I would go with Nevada. I think I like that they've got a lot of starters back. They returned their quarterback. Uh, it appears 20 starters back for Nevada, which yeah. obviously a lot of teams have a lot of starters back this year because of the weird extra eligibility rule because of the COVID stuff, but... But they were seven and two, and they bring back so many offensive guys. I like, I like Nevada and Jay Norvell, who many moons ago, when Bill Callahan was head coach at Nebraska, Jay Norvell was an offensive assistant there, and has kind of carved out a nice little role. As I think he turned, I forget where he was an offensive coordinator in this in his fifth year as head coach at Nevada. And uh, I'm trying to look here where what they've been the last few years. I think they, yeah, they've had a winning record the last three years, and we're seven and two last year. There you go. So uh, Nevada is my choice over Boise State in okay. the Mountain West Championship game. All right. Um, then finally, like if we look at the independents, I mean, do, do we think Army is going to be very good this year? What about BYU, Liberty? Any? I mean, we're not going to talk about UMass, New Mexico State, or UConn. We already talked about UConn. Those they will but, be bad, and I uh, don't think Liberty is going to be that great either this okay. year. So no, you're I, freeze on the Hugh Freeze Flames. I think Army will be good because they've been good recently. I don't think they're going to have that like ten and two or nine and three year where. I forget who they was. They played Houston in a bowl game and won like seventy to twenty. Mm-hmm. One of the years Houston was pretty good. I don't think that's going to happen for Army this year. Like I don't think they're going to do anything at that level. But I think they will have. Real quick here, I'm pulling up Army's schedule just so I can look at it. 
I can pull it up here as well if you need me to. Army, 9-3 and three last year. Uh, let's see. They do play at Wisconsin. I don't. I think it's safe to say they're not going to beat Wisconsin. Wisconsin style is one that I don't think uh, Army being different dramatically helps them against Wisconsin the way it would against, you know, sure. Oregon or somebody like that. Yep. They play Wake Forest, but I don't know. I mean, I think Wake Forest will be okay. I don't think they're going to be great. But outside of that, there aren't any other games I look at that I mean, Liberty's supposed to be fairly good. I just don't really like Liberty. They, I but I would, I think, I would imagine Army was nine and three last year. I think they'll probably be around that again this year. Looking at the schedule, I think ten and two is realistic. Yeah, it definitely could be. They've got a they got the starter back at quarterback, which always helps at a school yep. like that. Look, I mean, you, you I mean, Navy's always a toss up. Uh, but I mean, and Air Force is going to be tough. But I think they beat Wake Forest. I think they. I also read that wrong. They they host Wake Forest. Yeah. That is not at Wake Forest. Yeah. Which I I think they will beat Wake Forest. Then. Uh, I'm saying ten and two for Army. I think that's it's going to be a good game. They'll play in the military force game, and we'll see what BYU can do. Uh, I don't think it'll happen. And you and I both know that neither of us like Wisconsin. I hope Army's undefeated and Army plays in one of the New Year's Six games. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Oh, that would they do that though? Do you think they would play in a New Year's Six game, or would they go just to the military, like the the Northrop Grumman uh, Military Bowl, or one of those? Other I games? think they'd absolutely go. I mean, if they weren't selected to go because there was one or two other undefeated Group of Five teams, I mean, I don't think they would be like allowed to go then because they wouldn't be picked. You mean, like, do you think the Army would say, like, we don't want you to go to that one, go to this bowl instead? I'm just wondering, because, yeah, normally they're they're always in one of, like, the military bowls, so I'm, for the most part. Like, if, do you think the college football playoff committee would would not select an undefeated Army to go to a, to a New Year's Six game? Like, think about the backlash that would create. And, I mean, I think if, assuming that Wisconsin is still going to be good this year, mm-hmm. I mean... And they don't have like a weird six and six season. They would still have a win over Wisconsin, which would be a very nice feather in their cap. Mm-hmm. And you know, we'll see about Wake Forest and Liberty and Navy, but I think they would have enough that they'd have a good shot at getting in. Yep. And in terms of like the Army itself, would be like, well, yes, if we go to this, you know, you get much more money being in one of those games and we're not in the conference so we don't have to share that with anybody else so you know if you get 20 million dollars in bowl revenue they're like hey maybe we can invest in some of those uh invest in some of those rockets we didn't think we could afford after all (laughs) all right let's get to some picks here uh acc if i have this correct you have unc over clemson that is correct I have Clemson over UNC. You have Georgia over Texas A&M in the SEC. Yep. I have Alabama over Georgia in the SEC. You have Oklahoma over Iowa State in the Big 12. Yep. I have the same. You have Washington over Arizona State in the Pac-12. I have Oregon over USC. And in the Big 10, we both have Ohio State over Wisconsin. So, correct. Give me your college football playoff teams. 
I don't know if I have them one through four. Like, I, I have my four teams. Yep. I don't know if I've got them ranked necessarily. I didn't think about that. But I think uh, it'll be Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, and Oklahoma. All right. So that makes me feel good, I think, because I have the same four teams. I have Okay, so we have much different conference title games in some ways, but the same four. Yep, I have an undefeated Ohio State as the one seed. I'm not necessarily saying that Ohio State's the best team, but they are the only undefeated team in the college football playoff. I have Alabama as a two seed. I have Oklahoma as a three. And I have Georgia as the four. All with one loss. I have Georgia beating Clemson. Week one, I'm going out on a limb by doing it, and I say Georgia rides that all the way to the SEC championship game where they lose their first game of the year to Alabama, but ultimately they make it into the college football playoff. Notre Dame is my first team outside the playoff. Clemson is six, Wisconsin seven. I think that all seems reasonable. That sounds like something that... I don't think you're going to be 100% correct because no one ever oh, is with yeah, these, no, but, no. but I bet that's not going to be that far off. I, I hope not, but I I have a feeling it could be off by a wide margin, potentially. Uh, and again, it all hinges on Georgia beating Clemson this week in the Dukes-Mayo Classic in Charlotte. That It all hinges on that. So, the Orange Bowl is the, the Orange Bowl and the Cotton Bowl are the college football playoff sites. What is your your matchups then in the Orange Bowl and the Cotton Bowl? Let's see. So in my scenario, I think it's going to be Georgia at number one. So it's the orange and the cotton, you said? Yes. I'm assuming that Georgia is closer to Miami. So Georgia has been playing Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl, so a rematch of that Rose Bowl from a few years ago. Okay. And then Ohio State and Alabama in the Cotton Bowl, then. All right. What, then, is your Sugar Bowl? So Sugar Bowl, I didn't write this down. I'm figuring this out based off what I picked, though. Sugar Bowl, I think, is just whoever. It's the the SEC and Big 12 champs, unless they're gone, then it's whoever's left of the best of those. Right, so it'd be... Which I guess means, ironically, I guess it would be a Big 12, a former Big 12 rematch. It would be between Texas A&M and and, uh, Iowa State then. Yes, and that is who I have... Who do I have here? Yes, I have A&M as well against Iowa State. You Yes, yes, because I have both Alabama and Georgia. Yes, I have... No, I think I do. Either that or LSU. And regardless, A&M against Iowa State. That sounds good. How about the, uh, let's do the Rose Bowl. So the Rose Bowl, I would have Wisconsin against Arizona State then. Okay. Wisconsin, who's frequently been to the Rose Bowl. Arizona State, who I think's only been there once that year with Jake Plummer. Oh, man. I mean, maybe they've been there. I think that's the, I don't know if they've been there since then. And I think, I can't think of a time. Let me rephrase that. I don't think they were there before that, but I could be wrong. I do not remember them being back there since then. 
How about the Fiesta Bowl? Who do you have in the Rose Bowl? I have Oregon against Wisconsin. Nice. That definitely could be it. And how about the Fiesta Bowl? The Fiesta Bowl... I think is usually the group of 5-1. Or the Fiesta Bowl or the Peach Bowl. So the Fiesta Bowl, I'm going to say it's not. So let's see. Who would I have left here? It would be Clemson. Remind me, do Clemson and Notre Dame don't play in the regular season, right? Correct. Did it, 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 Clemson and Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. Very good. And you know what? I made a mistake with Crims here. Because I had Notre Dame against USC, but I had USC at 10-2. and Because I had them in the Pac-12 championship game, but I don't I, I left Clemson out. So I have to do a little rearranging here. I am going to say that the Fiesta Bowl is going to be Notre Dame against Cincinnati? Would that be a worthy Fiesta Bowl? Yeah, I think that would be good. Okay. I mean, it seems like the group of five yeah. team is always in either the Fiesta Bowl or the I, I can't do it. The Peach Bowl. I think the yeah. Peach Bowl is nope. the other I, one. I can't do it. It's going to have to be Notre Dame against uh, North Carolina. Because my my Peach Bowl, so this is where it all gets kind of messed up. Because I, I forgot Clemson initially. Because in when I was talking with Chris, I was like, okay, I'll have Notre Dame against USC in the Fiesta Bowl and North Carolina against Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl. But that leaves Clemson out, and I can't do that at, with them at six. So I'd have to put Clemson into the Peach Bowl where they will play Cincinnati. Uh, but I So I'll have North Carolina against Notre Dame. In the Fiesta Bowl. I would definitely watch that game. I think that's what I'd have to do. Because what do you so what would you have for the Peach Bowl then? My Peach Bowl would be the group of five champs or team against my one leftover conference champion I haven't put in yet. So I would so mine would be North Washington. Carolina against Cincinnati. Oh, okay. Okay. You have Washington though. So would Washington? Oh, did I not say Washington? Or no, I I said Arizona State. I picked yeah. my Pac-12 loser. I apologize. Yes. No, I, no, you're good. I've got Wisconsin. Exactly. Washington winning. It would be Washington versus Wisconsin See, in where, the Rose Bowl. This is where all of this stuff could get so convoluted. Like if Clemson doesn't make it, and you have Notre Dame really good, and Wisconsin's like, what? What are we doing with all these teams here? Um, and that one's my fault because no, usually I write these down. I did not write these down ahead of time. I just thought, eh, I can remember it. When I was and talking I messed with, it up there. When I, when I was talking with Krenz, I completely spaced off leaving Clemson out. So that, hey, it happens. And I think that's where we could see this just whole convoluted mess coming up here with college football if we have a lot of these teams finishing with one loss or no losses. And I think we're going to see quite a few teams with only that one loss this year, which would make for great theater uh, come championship Saturday or, you know, championship weekend, and then uh, the college football playoff getting unveiled then that Sunday. So your national champion is who? Uh, do you want just the team or do give you me, want give me the, the game. game? Give me the game. I've got 
Georgia and Ohio State in the national title game. Okay. And for the first time in 41 years, Georgia winning the national title. Very good. Very good. I so wanted to pick that game, Charlie. I so wanted to pick Georgia winning, and I hope they do. But I can't do it. I, I can't. I can't pick against Alabama. I, I I want to. I really do. Uh, but I think Bryce Young's going to do it as a freshman. Uh, this defense is really good for Alabama. I'm taking Alabama over Georgia. I really hope Georgia wins. But again, it this all could blow up in our face. You know, Saturday night at eleven o'clock. It really could. Although, if I remember right, I think I technically did pick Clemson to beat Georgia the first week, and then Georgia just doesn't lose again the rest of the season. Oh, that would be great. Um, that's what I've got happening, so that is the way it is going. That's the way the cookie's going to crumble. Very good, very good. And who is your Heisman Trophy winner? Uh, I mean, I've got, well, I guess it's before the bowl game, so or the playoffs, so that technically wouldn't matter, but... I don't think I, I feel like I want to say Spencer Radler from Oklahoma, but I think there have been enough Oklahoma. I think since Sam Bradford won it in two thousand and eight, I think including him, they've had three Heisman winners. So based off the run they're going to go on and will continue on, I've got uh, Shotty's former quarterback USC guy uh, JT Daniels. Okay, who is the Georgia quarterback? Who's just basically going to do the like? Oh, you're the really good quarterback for a team that's really good and won the won a major conference. So we're going to give it to you. Kind of like a Joe Burrow esque run, then potentially. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be quite as. It's, I don't think his run's going to be as good as that because I think Georgia will be better on defense than that LSU team was. Right. So he. So they won't. They won't score as often. But I think it'll be a season like that in the sense that. It's like, oh, I remember this name, but he's way, way, way better now than he was the last time I saw him play when he was at that other school. Travis and I both picked Spencer Rattler. I think that's a smart choice. It's also worth noting this is the guy who's got North Carolina beating Clemson and Texas A&M beating Alabama, who's like, eh, I want to pick a little bit different, so I'm going with J.J. Daniels. No, that's perfectly fine, because I bet you're going to be closer than I will at the end of the year with a lot of these picks, because I just, what I think is going to happen likely won't happen, but that's the beauty of it. I mean, we were were cheapened out of the season last year uh, with, you know, just with COVID and whatnot. So we are hoping for fireworks. We're hoping for flair. We're hoping for dramatics. We're hoping for a great college football season. Uh, and with that, just looking ahead to some of these games this week, of course you have... Wait, real quick, Stack. Yeah, yep. These these picks, were you writing these down or typing them out? I, I have them written down, yes. So for the, what would it be? The six games and 12 teams... In the New York, the New Year Six. Yes, I realize we have games that aren't the same. Do we have the same twelve teams though? No, because you have Washington, uh, and you've got Oregon. Yes, is right. that the only difference of our te- of our teams though? I believe so. Yes, because we have the same. Time. So yeah, so we didn't like come up and I mean we didn't 
pick to do this ahead of time. I mean, we made our picks before we started talking. Mm-hmm. And I guess that just kind of shows with what's interesting and also at times slightly uh, problematic is not the right <laughs> word, but an issue that college football has sometimes. Yes. It's just like, oh, yeah, well – well, you want well, to. Well, it's these. We've got we've got basically the same teams in the playoffs. Well, here's what Travis has. We we have the Travis and I have the same five championship games, and we picked the same winners. Except I have Oregon beating USC. He has USC beating Oregon, and uh, he is his college football playoff teams are Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Clemson. So the only one we differ on is Clemson. We both have Alabama winning. But, I mean, it's just – it's and you're right. It, you love to go out on that limb, but at the same time, you kind of pick stuff to be safe and then hope that chaos happens and that you're wrong. But it's it's difficult to do. I'd love to see some new blood in there. I'd love to see, you know, like a – you know, God forbid, Wisconsin or a team, you know, like, like that kind of make a, a run in there or get Oregon back in from the Pac-12, but it's the same – it's the same thing over and over again. Or it'll be great to see A and M in it. I mean, I'm not even going to make picks here that are like crazy. At least, well, they're crazy in the sense that they're not going to play out this way. But that are teams that are all ranked like very high still. Mm-hmm. But we could have Notre. Well, let's 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 say Wisconsin beats Notre Dame. We could have Wisconsin, Iowa State, Texas A and M in North Carolina in there who are all like the second or third favorite in their conference. So in terms of like being highly ranked, that's not that far out of the realm of possibility. Right. I think it is in the sense that they don't have the same level of talent as the teams that are going to win the conference. But just think how much more interesting that would be if it would have been like, Oh my God, we've got, we've got Iowa state and North Carolina and the winners playing in the national title (laughs) game in two weeks. That would be crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, looking at week one, then, uh, of course, the big matchup is Clemson versus Georgia in Charlotte. Uh, but you have a bevy of Big Ten matchups here, including Penn State against Wisconsin. I believe Indiana goes to Iowa. You have Ohio State, of course, at Minnesota. Uh, Alabama and Miami are playing a game uh, on a neutral site. A lot of good games here this week, so we have a well, very good... Miami, Miami's playing in that game. Alabama's yeah, Alabama, looking to murder somebody. Yeah, Alabama's going to win, but even like Louisiana-Texas, which I mentioned earlier, that's at uh, 4.30 p.m. Eastern on Fox, 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You have a lot of really good games, though, here this week one. What other... I don't, I, I don't remember if it's this week or if it's later. Is it this week that I think... LSU and UCLA play. Oh, uh, that might be. Or did I get that wrong? No, no, but uh, that is this week. That is this week. That's eight thirty. I say, like, I don't think either of us think UCLA is going to win that game. But, but if they look how they do at times last week, and all of a sudden we're in the third quarter, and it's like, oh my god, LSU's only up twenty-one to seventeen over UCLA, then mm-hmm. all of a sudden would become very, very interesting. It and, sure would. Absolutely. Uh, any any other games though that that really intrigue you this week? I think outside of Georgia and Clemson, and just because I, Alabama and Miami doesn't, just because we've seen this so many times where Alabama opens up against like a good but inferior opponent opponent and just murders them, and I think that's going to happen again. I forgot that Penn State and Wisconsin played Week One. I think that is a very interesting one. 
that if Penn State wants to, like, make any serious noise, like, you could lose that game and still win the division, but it makes your margin of error, like, basically, you you don't have one because if you're going to beat Ohio State, and then you have to win the rest of your games, I just don't think Ohio State's going to lose that many times. Right. And I think Iowa and Indiana is interesting. I don't know if I want to watch it. I think it's probably going to be like a kind of gross game to watch. But in terms of they'll both be ranked teams and we'll both make, I don't know if Indiana will make a run to win the East, but I think Iowa definitely could win the West. I'm looking here are there any the... other games you are intrigued by in week one? Well, besides Fordham and Nebraska to see if Nebraska somehow loses to Fordham in week two. Well, I mean, Holy Cross UConn has a is just <laughs> incredibly intriguing to me. Uh, South Dakota Kansas, uh, intri- of course, we have our Jackrabbits against Colorado State, I, and I'm a homer here, but I think UNC Virginia Tech is going to be a really interesting game Friday night. I think uh, Virginia Tech's going to really give UNC all they can handle. But just looking through some of these games here, um, I'd say Louisiana and Texas. If I'm if I'm being fully honest here, I think outside of Clemson, Georgia, which is I think the game that everyone's got their eyes on, is Texas. How is Texas going to look against... I mean, it's an interesting one. It's a new coach in his first... I mean, again, like, kind of like with Bielema at Illinois, although I think Texas will be better this year. Mm-hmm. It's not Sarkeesian's first year coaching, but it's his first year at Texas. Yep. And I don't know... I mean, if I remember right, I think... I, I don't specifically remember exactly what Sarkeesian does. So I don't know... I don't know how much different it's going to look, but I'm sure at least in some ways it's going to be different than what they were doing. And you just... You never know in year one, and it's always weirder when it's stuff like the way it kind of was with Texas, where he didn't get fired because he went like four and eight. It was like, well, you're good, but not as good as you want. In some ways, kind of like when they fired Mac Brown or when Nebraska fired Frank Solich or Bo Pelini, where it's like, well, it's not that you were bad. You just weren't as good as we wanted you to be. And that puts so much pressure on the next guy then. Because the, the good thing about firing a coach who's like five and seven and doesn't go to a bowl game is you can always do the, uh, you know, when you when players aren't doing something the way you want it to be done, you can kind of do the, uh, it's my way or the highway. You guys tried it your way last year and it didn't work. You didn't win any games. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it my way and we're going to win. Yep. The problem is if they do, if you can't say that exactly, though, because it's like, well, I mean, we did go to the Sugar Bowl and beat Georgia one year under Tom Herman. Right. It's not like we've been bad. It's, I think it's harder to get buy-in with a new coach then. And so, yeah, that's a good one. I had forgotten that they played Louisiana in week one. And, and, and I do think it's. I, I do think Texas is going to win. But, like, Dan, you start talking about early third quarter, if it's within a touchdown, all of a sudden you've got all these people that are just, you know, all the burnt orange fans starting to pucker up a little bit, and they're like, oh, no. Oh, no, if we lose this game, this puts us in such a bad spot going forward. Right. And the other game, too, then Sunday night, Notre Dame at Florida State. I think Notre Dame wins that game. Florida State is going to be better this year, I would think, under Matt Norvell. But, I mean, Notre Dame, if you want to be taken seriously, you have to win that game. I think there's some intrigue because maybe Florida State can be better this year than some people think. So that Sunday night game is, is good as well. 
I mean, Florida State, I don't think the talent's ever been bringing, or the, I don't think the problem's ever been bringing in talent. It's developing it, using it in the right way. And, you know, got a coach that's been there for a year already. So it should be, it should be a bigger step and look better in year two. And that will be a good, a good test. I mean, if you're a Florida State fan, I don't think you can be like angry if you lose by 10 to a Notre Dame team. That's probably going to be really good. But, you know, if it's, if it's a close game, then obviously they're making strides. If they lose by four touchdowns, then, you know, magic eight ball, you got to ask again later. Absolutely. Absolutely. Charlie, I, I really appreciate your time as always. It's been fun previewing the upcoming college football season these last three weeks with you. And I look forward to the journey ahead. I'll be calling on you early and often. So uh, if you ever want to come on, uh, we'll uh, get you on during the college football season, uh, play bowl bound or not, when will they. And it's going to be a fun season. So I, I look forward to going on the journey with you, my friend. I'm looking forward to us talking when the Jacks are like 5-0. and Yeah. I got to tell you, though, I saw Quincy Patterson was named uh, the starting quarterback for the Bison. He's the former Virginia Tech quarterback. And that scares the hell out of me. It really does. Fair. I didn't realize that either. I also don't like hearing that. <sighs> but the Jackrabbits should be good, and they should make it. They should be down in Frisco again. Fingers crossed. Though. I hope so. But enjoy the week, my friend, and uh, I'll talk with you here soon, and we'll talk more college football. All right. Sounds good. All Keep right. on. Life's a garden. Keep digging it, Stackin'. Sounds good. Thank you, Charlie. Yep. See ya. Charlie Hildebrand from the Northwest Iowa Review, kind enough to spend um, a few minutes. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild, wild ride. He has Georgia over Ohio State. I have Alabama beating Georgia. Travis has Alabama over Ohio State, I believe. Right? Yes. So, those are our picks. College football is here. We are going to continue college football talk here. Hopefully, uh, we're going to try and get Matt Zimmer on the line here uh, to talk about the Jackrabbits upcoming season and uh, see if we can get Jeff Lloyd II from the Lockdown Browns podcast to discuss uh, some potential pros we'll be seeing in the NFL here on the college field this season. That's all coming up here next on the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stack and Facebook Nathan Stack and Charlie Hildebrand on Twitter at C.E. Hildebrand. Link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. The Marathon College Football Preview Podcast continues here next Sports Block Podcast.